But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. God, eat shit. How's that? Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. You can't handle the truth. Episode 46 Ensemble Movies. I decided to make it a big cast. Actually, this is how kind of this whole. Uh, we got to a five-person panel tonight. Well, two people I told would be on here, and then the other four I presented to the high council, and then one was cut off. Three people got chosen, and that's how this entire thing was uh, crafted. It's fantastic. Um, we were decided just like a full metal tournament. It's going to be a fun time here tonight. Uh, first, I got on the call that I totally forgot that I said could be on this episode, even though he gets two a month. It's Caleb Coho. Caleb, I said I have four people. Then you're like, uh, that's cool. So I don't have to be on, and then we let you be on. So uh, do you feel like of the worst list, best list, or the most uh, everybody has seen these movies list? I have a combination of this is the um, most everyone has seen most of every movies on this list list, and also I have the worst list. Uh, I'm very confident I do. Uh, but I, uh, I like my movies. I focused on the ensemble in ensemble on uh, the performance of the cast as well as the movie. So yeah, it was really fun. Uh, next on the list, uh, Zach Ford, uh, Zach Ford took a uh, very uh, good time and effort to come up with this list. He wanted to make sure he got a spot on this list to, uh, to be on it before he started watching movies. And then he still sent me a list. Uh, so close, not, not as close as somebody on this panel, but pretty close to uh, showtime. Uh, about two days out, uh, three days. Uh, so, Zach, um, do you feel like you have the best list or the most unseen movies by most of the people on the uh, show? I definitely, I definitely feel like I have the best list because I literally watched them all this week, and I'm very confident. They're all 10s, and they're all 10s for everybody. It's it's um, unanimous. I, I've talked to the world, and they agreed with me. Um, and I, I just want to say, me and another person, we're just very professional and take it very seriously. And I'll share my Venmo account with you for my payment um, after the show. Yes. Oh, and I'm mistaken. He sent me one list and then decided to change it <laughs> on the same day. And it was on a Monday. So, uh, yeah, not all movies have been seen. Um, he also broke the cardinal rule of Your List Sucks and shared his list with a uh, fellow uh, panelist uh, named Paul Oyama. Paul, uh, that is that is punishable by death. Almost you did that. that show. I didn't receive it. I mean, if that happened, if that happened, um, I'm, I'm yet to receive it. Wait, I'm ready to uh, rat everybody out. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee. I guarantee you didn't show list with Coho, or you wouldn't have showed up on the show, Paul. Um, you do your patented strategy of sending me. You actually gave me some movies to check out or make sure I've seen before you did it, but then again, came in pretty close to the. Uh, the last minute again. Um, do you feel like you have the best list or middle of the road? Because you always include movies that there's not a chance in hell I saw by the time the show went live. Uh, I definitely spent the most time thinking about the list, I think. I don't know if that necessarily equates to this being the best list. Um, I have very specific criteria, as you will see. Um, some people may disagree with that, but um, you know, some people are idiots, so that's fine. Um, I'm excited to be on this panel. I didn't even know Koho was on the actual panel itself. Um, so that should be, um, yeah, um, that's happening. Yes, and just to, just to let everybody know, Tuesday at 3.54 p.m. was the final list sent to me 
end the show. I did send a preliminary list like a week in advance. So next, next, next. Normally, normally, you're the most pretentious person on the call. I guarantee you will not hit that benchmark tonight. Uh, do you feel like you'll have the best list or be called a phony because you will not be as pretentious as two other people on this list? You didn't say who you were talking to. I'm assu- so I'm assuming you're talking Mark. to Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. me. Okay. Cinema <laughs> um, <laughs> um, started in 1981 for uh, Mr. Vale there, so I do not agree <laughs> with that. Um, so I've won the last two times I was here today. My number one is going to save me and just get me right in the middle. Uh, I'm excited. This, this was a little bit of a trickier one to figure out. Because uh, there's many different ways to interpret ensemble movies, so sure I think I have a good. Ba- I think I have a good balance of uh, ways to interpret this. Well, no wind river on this episode, so I guarantee nope. you at least figured it out that far. You think it off my list? Brooke- <laughs> yes, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, you were like, "Did you get my list?" And I forgot you sent me your list, and then I had to remember that you sent me your list. Um, because sometimes you show up for movie topics, most time you don't. Uh, do you feel like you'll have the best list, uh, probably, or will you beat Coho with the most seen list possible? I will. I will probably have the most seen list. Ensemble movies are like pizzas. Uh, there's so many aspects that that need that need to work, um, and there's and there's only one. It only takes one thing for it to, to turn the thing sour. Um, yeah, I, I find this. I find I draw myself more to ensemble movies as I just love the the all star aspect of uh, of all these actors coming together. And it's also been a while. Sorry, uh, it's also been a while since you've told me that I'm wrong alive on air. So I, I, I need I need that prescription. If that's the case, I don't know how the hell a cheese pizza worked because that's three t- three ingredients. But apparently, it's an ensemble in Brooklyn's eyes. I get where you're coming from. So how the show works? Everybody presents a top ten list. Again, I'm going to say this real clear: if you do not like, to, if you really like your ten, nine, and eight. Put them higher on your list because I'm going to be cutting people off because I have five people. So, um, also, uh, some people submitted that there's actually 11. If you say that, oh, it was my 11, I won't believe you if you didn't tell me. And we're going to start with Coho. We're going to start with Coho. We're going to go in the ex- – uh, that's not going to work. I'm going to go Coho, Zach, Brooklyn, Paul, Barr. That's how oh, the order is going to go. Oh, no. So, Coho is going to kick off the list. Again, 1098, you guys don't get to speak. Uh, me and him get to talk, and then at seven, everybody gets to talk. Unless you have the chat open, which you're free to tell Coho he's wrong because he has to put it on screen. I am not afraid to time out people who are trying <laughs> to break the rules. That is true too. We do have a trial system, and we also have a trial for the chat. If you act stupid in the chat, I will time you out. So it's a fun All time. Right, right. Alrighty, so my uh, we'll get right into it. My number ten is the Hateful Eight. Uh, my number nine is Burn After Reading. My number eight is Hail Caesar. All right, no yikes, let's move along. Number 10, The Hateful Eight. Uh, I like this movie more than most people when it comes to Tarantino. I think the entire ensemble works together and bounces off each other in such great ways, um, especially like Kurt Russell, Samuel Jackson, and Walton Goggins, those three of the three standouts to me. But also you have Jennifer Jason Lee and Bruce Dern, uh, and Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, incredible cast, uh, fun story. Uh, number nine, Burn After Reading. Um, I'm also in this camp on the Coen Brothers. They're my favorite directors, so uh, I have I have two Coen Brothers in my bottom three. Uh, so I think it's fun. Their story is a it, obviously it means nothing. It's a plotless movie, but everyone is acting off each other so well. Brad Pitt and George Clooney, especially, uh, as well as Francis McDormand and uh, John Malkovich, a lot of fun. Um, 
And number eight, Hail Caesar. I also defend this movie a lot more than most. Uh, I think it it got a lot of uh, weird hate when it came out uh, for being kind of like Burn After Reading, almost plotless. But I think it's the it's the way that we get the old classic kind of Hollywood with modern actors playing these parts, Alden Ehrenreich and George Clooney and John Roland all acting off each other uh, is, is, is really funny. I think the comedy in Hail Caesar really works for me. So, yeah. Okay, so you're 10, Hateful Eight. Uh, I kind of agree with Paul. Uh, so you're saying the, the eighth best uh, Tarantino. I don't like this movie. Um, I felt I, I feel like it's it's a, a fine movie. Um, it's enjoyable, but it's never one I want to go back and rewatch. I think the characters play off each other, but man, there's a lot of just snow. There's a lot of snow and it takes a lot of time to get there because we just watch everything and then we get there and then the action starts happening. It's fun. It's classic dialogue, but there are better Tarantinos that do the dialogue better in a group setting. So disagree with that one. Nine, uh, nine. Yeah, Burn After E. You're right. Plotless. Uh, not a fan of the Coen Brothers. Not a huge fan of them. Uh, I don't. I like when a movie goes somewhere. And like, if you don't be on the show, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I don't like the Coen Brothers, so I wouldn't put it on there. But I expect it. So nine, I'm going to give you a pass on it. The one I'm not going to give you a pass on it because I've seen Burn After Reading. I've seen Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar is the worst one of those. Um, I don't like Hail Caesar at all. Uh, the, your love affair with old Hollywood is kind of sickening at times. I'm going to be honest with you. You just love old Hollywood. And that just makes it a freaking five-star movie. But this one's bad. This one's bad. I don't. I think the cast is good because they're good actors, but I don't think they have any direction or anything in the right direction in this movie. I don't like it. So, yeah, you're, you're stumbling out of the gate. This would be fun. Um, we're going to go to Zach. Zach, 1090. Yeah. Okay, my 10 is Monos, um, my 9 is Vet Hot American Summer, and my 8 is Kicking and Screaming, uh, not the Bull Feral Kicking and Screaming, 1995 Kicking and Screaming. Okay, Monos um, came out last year, um, I saw it early at a film festival and thought it was going to be the you know mind-blowing foreign film of the year and that nothing was going to be able to take its place and for some reason quietly run away, and I need everyone to see it because it's um, pretty mesmerizing, beautifully shot. Um, everything should be in the jungle. Jungles are great. And it is kids trying to be kids um, within a horrible situation. And it's the best movie starring a graduate of Hannah Montana. Next. Red <laughs> 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 Hot American Summer. Um, I wanted to make sure I got a, a pure communist list. And this is um, one of the most rewatchable movies for me. And has um, we're going to talk about a lot of cast that has these great stars before we got to know them. And I think this is one of the best with, you know, Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper, Elizabeth Banks. Paul Rudd to me is one of the funniest performances I've ever seen. Um, I'll watch this every day, including the documentary about it, making because I just like watching fun people have fun together. Uh, Kicking and screaming. Um, Will Ferrell is great as a soccer coach um, and um, fighting with Robert Duvall. Um, but also the 1995 Kicking and Screaming Old Bombax first movie um and kind of sends me through flashbacks so it was like to be done with college and not know what to do with your life and partying with your friends um and kind of becoming so much like they're so good at forming that college friendship where they become like each other even someone says you all talk the same and that's very realistic of how you kind of meld to your community um and those performances shine and justice for chris Eigenman, who deserved better as an actor oh. 
Okay, well, I'm going to keep this real short and sweet. Um, so you're 10, haven't seen. Um, so I will check that out uh, for what it looks like. It's one that I want to see, but I'm with five people, it's kind of hard to see everybody's 10 list, especially when it was sent so late. Um, you're, uh, you're nine. I absolutely love Wet Hot American Summer. I think it's a, one of the, I think it's a, I wanted just pure comedy on there, and I think you put one on there. Nine? Okay. I would like it maybe a little higher. I like that movie a little bit more than most, I guess. Um, and you're eight. Uh, I've seen the juice box guy, but he ain't in this movie. So I haven't actually seen this one because growing up, I've actually seen that. I have not actually got this around to seeing this one. It will be on my list. I will watch it. I just, I'm, I was really confused when you sent that at first. And then I had to read nine to five. Okay, cool. Uh, by the way, Coho, I know you're the multiplex account and you forgot Reservoir Dogs. Uh, not a good excuse. I'm sorry. You failed. Um, we're going to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, give us your 10, 9, 8. All right. So, number 10, I'm sure this is going to be a punt. Uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're really excited. What's your nine? Uh, number nine is Boogie Nights. Okay. All right, and number eight is uh, is Spotlight. Okay. All right, so um, Mad Mad World got yikes. So let's go to Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is probably um, one of the ones. It's it 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 handles uh, tonal change really well. I like how it goes from like this kind of like oh, it's like kind of like upbeat 70s sort of like adult film stuff and then it turns into and then like the minute you get to the to that new year's eve countdown scene it sort of changes changes from there and it just kind of dials up to 11 um actually the new year's eve countdown uh scene is my favorite one uh because I, I love william h macy especially after shameless um and then spotlight um i love spotlight probably for like just the overall message that that, that it has i really attached to, to this movie and it just happens to be an ensemble I mean, like michael keaton uh mark ruffalo i believe scott Har harvey coined the term of mark ruffalo opening uh boxes of documents to find talking truths movies uh it's probably my favorite favorite ones of those um and yeah it's just i yeah, it's you know it's set in Boston newspapers. It revolves around this whole that whole child scandal, and I just I think I think it hit hit me more than uh more than most. Okay, um, so the first one Tim was correct. Um, okay, get the doctor screen. Okay, I forgot what nine was. Nine was Boogie Nights. Uh, little known fact about me. Not the biggest Paul Thomas Anderson fan in the world, and I know uh, a few people are, hate me for that, and that's fine. I'm just not a big fan. This is one that I actually do enjoy. It's just wouldn't be in my top ten. I know when you like search ensemble cast, like this is like one of the top ones that people bring up. It's just not there for me, really. So, uh, but I don't hate it. Nine is definitely a good spot. Um, it's one of the better Paul Thomas Anderson movies. I'll promise you that. Um, next one is Spotlight. I enjoy Spotlight. The reason why I laughed, I don't think it's a bad choice. But Zach was like doing something, and you said Spotlight, and he went like, <laughs> popped up. I was like, "You want to come run that by me again?" I like this movie more than most. Um, I don't feel like it's the most rewatchable movie because the subject matter is a little rough at times. But I think the characters that play the pieces, I think they're really good in this movie. And uh, I mean, I like the Boston setting. So, but it's uh, I think it's an important story that got told, and I I like it. I know a lot of people. It's boring. It's bland. Shouldn't have won. Whatever. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know who was out there because Brooklyn and Coho probably won't be on those people to join for you. Sorry, Jake. Um, 
But they'll they'll start liking it just to have you. Uh, okay, so we're going Paul. Um, yeah, so I love a good war ensemble. Uh, my number 10 is actually my favorite movie from this director. It's Letters from Iwo Jima. Uh, my number 9 is A Letter to Three Wives. And my number 8 is Afterlife. That is not the Liam Neeson one. That is the, the Japanese film. Uh, so starting on my number 10, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. I think this is a really interesting look into a side of war that we don't really get to see in, from the Axis point of view. Um, and again, like I said, it's my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, it's just incredibly moving. One of my favorite war films ever. Um, the screenplay is, an, is awesome, uh, written by a woman who I was, you know, had the pleasure of interning for. Um, my number nine is A Letter to Three Wives, um, which is this Joseph Mankiewicz movie that he made the year before he made All About Eve. Uh, it's basically about these three women who all get a letter um, from one of their friends that says uh, she's running off with one of their husbands and they have to figure out which one of them it is. And so they sort of all look into their own marriages and it's this really interesting look at, at domestic life. Um, and the, the three main women are played by Anne Southern, Linda Darnell, uh, and Jean Crane. And it's got an early Kirk Douglas performance. That's awesome. Uh, highly recommend this movie. And then my number eight, Afterlife. Um, if this was just movies that we love the most that are ensembles, this would be way high. Maybe my number one. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, basically, in this world, when you die, you get a film made of a moment of your life, and then you replay that um, over and over again. That's sort of the the, the short concept of it. Um, but it's this amazing look at the way that different people value different parts of their life. It's an incredible movie. Same directors who made Shoplifters. So um, it's on YouTube for free if anyone's interested. It's an incredible, incredible movie. So yeah, I knew I knew Afterlife sounded familiar because if you brought it up before on this show. Uh, it's one that I am still yet to see. Um, but we're going to go your 10. 10 is, uh, I think, I guess I didn't think about it. I, that's kind of a dumb thing for me. Like, not saying it wouldn't have counted. Just one that didn't pop straight to my head. But I think this movie is fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I just think it's I think it's one of those uh, perfect war films. And I didn't know that you had the personal connection with, like, the story or who wrote it. So that's kind of – that probably – ranks a little higher for you for that reason, but I think it's one of those perfect war movies. Um, so, great choice. Uh, nine, if you haven't seen it, sounds right up my alley, to be honest with you. I've been binge-watching like 40s and 50s uh, older movies, so I will definitely be checking this one out. I, um, and then the next one is still missed. Uh, again, you're you're really good at suggesting movies, so uh, I, I can't tell you that you're going to be wrong about Afterlife, so I'll check that one out. And then we now... We've, we're about ready to start punching each other. We're at bar. Give us your ten nine eight. All right. Uh, people are going to start punching me for this one, but I bet Lucas Schilbach has rated it very well on Letterboxd. Uh, the first is one sharks? is the first one is three billboards outside of Missouri. Nice, nice. Yep, dude, that was coming. Uh, my number nine is A League of Their Own, and my number eight is Young Frankenstein. All right, uh, I'm going to keep this short and simple. Um, I think all the performances of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri are dynamite performances. Uh, I think Francis McDormand and uh, Sam Rockwell earned their Oscars that year. I think Woody Harrelson did a great job. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I tried. Um, but yeah, I think all the performances in this film are very strong, and it's not easy dialogue, so I think they did a good job with it. Uh, my number nine, A League of Their Own. Um, everybody in this movie is just kind of electric to watch, even the people who don't have that many 
lines in this, like especially the one scene where the one player finds out that her husband died in the war. She's doing a great job, and like you don't really know much about her a lot throughout most of the rest of the movie, but even then, she's super strong in it. Um, and it's got some of my favorite comedic dialogue between... This is a really strong cast. Um, and then Young Frankenstein. Probably the one of the more tighter ensembles uh, in my list, but everyone's on top of their game. Um, everyone has their moment to shine. Everyone's funny. Uh, everyone has their moment. And... I just think that everyone's really strong in this, and it's a great cast piece. Okay. Uh, by the way, Bart, I don't know what if you knew what you were doing, but you're a genius in what you're doing. You put two movies that two people on this panel have very visceral reactions to, and you put it in the spot where they can't say a damn word. So I applaud you, and you get two bonus points for that. Um, what do they mean? I don't fucking know. But you get them. Uh, so, three billboards. As somebody who lives in Missouri, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It, it kind of at times hits the nail on the head. I mean, if you live in like a smaller town of Missouri, it is very culture insensitive. Um, as somebody that currently lives in a small town in Missouri, um, I will attest they're very insensitive at times. And this entire movie kind of plays that what Missouri sometimes is, and I'm not saying that's that's maybe all United States. I just know it's personally because I've dealt with it in uh, the states. Um, uh, so that's what I'll say with that one. I actually like the movie. I don't think the movie's bad. Um, I think the performance is really good. I didn't know there was so much hate for this until some people brought it up in a chat one time, and then um, yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. Uh, no, sorry. Okay. Uh, and I love you both had the, oh, but it was for two different reactions. Brooklyn was good. Paul was like, yikes. Um, League of Their Own. Uh, shit, you put a baseball movie on here, and I effing hate baseball. No, uh, I would say, yeah, I like this movie just fine. I don't like all the supporting characters of this. I do not like Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, Madonna's best over. performance. Well, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like... There's a lot to pick from. Um, but personally, I like this movie. I think this movie is uh, good, and I agree. There's there's a lot of good uh, sporting players, and in the sports movie ensembles, you know, it's a team's effort. So I like the choice nine. It's not bad. And then uh, eight, I love Young Frankenstein. I think Young Frankenstein is very funny. I'm not a huge Mel Brooks fan as a person, but I think this one I enjoy for the time being. Maybe not – best of all time of ensemble movies like it's kind of a weird thing everybody picks their favorites to be on the list maybe it's best i don't know you defend it as you want i just probably wouldn't have put it on there it'd probably be in the middle of the top 100 but i don't i don't hate the decision um okay so now the gloves are off uh we're gonna make these quick sound bites okay so please do not like gush and beat each other down for so long um uh zach you don't have that role because I know when you get on your rants, you just go for it. So I'll let you rant as long as you'd like. I'm talking to Coho. So Coho, what's your seven? Uh, seven is the Princess Bride. Yikes. Okay. Uh, my number six is the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Fuck you, Zach Ford. Okay, the Breakfast Club is a good movie. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, Paul, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> The way that John Hughes uh, writes these characters and the way it brings them to life, uh, they all feel real, especially for the time that they're, you know, in. 
Uh, I think that Jed Nelson's incredible. I think he does a really good job playing that part and bringing that character to life. I think he's the best performance of them. But I think if you go through them all, you also have that entire uh, Brat Pack uh, crew that I think is just fun to watch. I think it's a good movie uh, and still holds up today. Okay. Uh, I like The Breakfast Club. Uh, I really like Zach's reaction a little bit more than <laughs> like he literally smelled something rotten. Um, I don't know if it's like... I really don't know what this movie is. It's kind of weird because I think it's kind of starting to take a turn where people don't like this movie or don't think it's good anymore. Or maybe no one ever thought it was good. It was just like nostalgia. But I enjoyed the movie. I think the characters in it are really good. I think they capture that teen dynamic really well. I think it's funny at times. I think it's sad um, throughout it. So I don't mind it. Um, six may be a little high for it, but I don't hate the decision. I will go quick and get out. Uh, open the field. Didn't have breakfast club. Why not? Tell me why. Lunch club is just that much better. I mean, really, it's just a superior <laughs> film. Uh, it's got way more depth to it, better courses. But no, um, I do think, I mean, what goes crazy, Anthony Michael Hall is easily the best performance in this movie, and it's not close, like, at all. Um, Judd Nelson has never really been good in a movie. Oops. Um, but I, I don't know. The movie's not unentertaining, but I just hate the way the character arcs end. Um, especially Ali Sheedy's character. That's like such a disgrace, the way that they do that character. Um, it, the movie's okay, but it's on a best ensembles list. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, the, I can only see you liking this movie when you're 16. If you watch this as an adult, I don't know what fucking eyes you're looking at it on, because it's just like whiny fucking kids blaming their parents for hating themselves and hating their lives. It's like the drama of the movie is all our parents suck. We're all in detention because our parents aren't mean because they want me to be good at sports and they push me hard. And I can only imagine co-host still likes it because he's still 16 and blames his parents for all his faults too. Um, so I like my parents at this point. I was able to grow past that. And now I see it's like I see my students who whine about all their shit all the time. Like your life is not that hard. You're 12 while you do something go to school. And that, come on, you're in high school, you're in detention for a day, shut the fuck up and, and do some homework and catch up. Stop whining, your pants aren't that bad. None of them seem that bad either. They're, they drove them to school. That's more than some people get. I don't, I don't. Bender's dad's not the best. Well, uh, yeah, I was about to yeah. say. Uh, he, he walked to school. Praise Mr. I put cigarettes out on my son's Hey, arm. and he, he, that guy's definitely a pathological liar. I don't believe a shit he says. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, shut up. Brooklyn Bar. Uh, I can't top what they said. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I actually really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was uh, in my short list. Uh, it's probably the one that Sue and I watched the most, um, just in terms of rewatchability. Uh, I just had, like, probably 14 other ensemble movies that I wanted to talk about more. So, so it's your number 15. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Coho. If that wasn't beaten enough, you got two more to go through. So what's your five? Oh boy, uh, I'm ready for this to get yikes. Uh, Twelve Angry Men's my five. Yikes! There it is. Uh, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up with number four, which is Life of Brian, because I think it's the better Monty Python movie. Um, I like Life of Brian more. I think the jokes land more. Uh, it might just be because I was a church kid, so like all those jokes just work for me more. I was never really a King Arthur kid, so I, I still think Holy Grail is great. But I think the story of Life of Brian and the jokes just land harder. Um, I think Monty Python's a great uh, comedy ensemble, and they do a lot of good work. But I think Life of Brian's the, the best of them, especially the interaction between John Cleese uh, as the guard coming back to the house, and they're all hiding. And he's and he's like, you know what the penalty is for harboring fugitives? Crucifixion. Uh, could be worse. Could be 
worst. Like I love those entire just it's I love those big rants uh, with the in jokes about you know biblical time stuff. So Levin Bryan's my four. Yeah. Uh, so Lucas Showbox just recently shared his uh, voodoo with me, and he said, "Hey, like you have all these movies, but what you don't have is uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail." He goes, "Wait a minute, you don't like Monty Python, do you?" I said, "No, I do not." <laughs> He's like, "Figured." Same thing with Life of Brian. Uh, I w- I just have never seen it for the single single fact that I don't think Monty Python's actually that funny. So I don't want to really see anything else from him because I just don't think I'm going to laugh. Like I get it if that's your humor. Like I, how you explain it, that sounds funny, but I don't think the delivery is going to get me. So I'm not going to waste my time watching it um, to just be disappointed. So don't hate it before. Maybe stupid. Maybe I'll go to people that have seen it. Uh, guys, Life of Brian didn't make it. Why not? So this is a movie that I like, but if we're going to go with the Monty Python like ensemble film, it, like, Holy Grail is sitting right there. Like the jokes in Life of Brian are very—they're more hit and miss than Monty Python usually is. Um, and honestly, this doesn't give a lot of the 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 entire troupe as much time to shine as some other uh, members do. So I don't like—I like this movie, but I don't know if it's a great ensemble movie. I think this is a great time. Everybody take a drink in the chat. It's a movie that I have not seen, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the opening. Um, I don't think I really like anything else in the movie that much. Um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty good. I just think that Holy Grail is just a better distillation of the, the Monty Python sort of ethic, and I think that's a better representation of what their comedy represents. Um, and, yeah, it's – I mean, it won, helped win my first ever trivia match, so always respect to Life of Brian, but uh, it's just, you know, it's good. I've only seen it drunk in college, lying on someone's dorm room floor, looking at a laptop screen that was like tilted about 20 degrees too far to where it was all blurred. So my opinion is not valid. But usually that's how I like to watch movies anyways. And the letterbox rankings uh, seem high, so maybe it's good. But there's also people that say that they've seen it but don't have star ratings. And by the way, if you're in the chat, I don't trust you. If you have a letterbox ranking, you say you've seen something, but you don't rate it. I don't trust you anymore. Uh, Boatman, I'm talking to you. Box. I'm talking to Boatman. I don't trust him. Oh, there's the second Lucas Schilbach uh, brought up by bar. I'm keeping track. Oh, right. We're going to Zach. Here we go, guys. Hey, Brooklyn, get your drink ready. Um, start with seven. <laughs> Okay, my number seven is Freaks from 1932. Um, you know, it's a classic um, horror movie, even though the, you know, the horror tropes don't really come into the last, you know, 10 minutes. Um, best thing about this movie, tight 60 minutes, guys. Actually, 61. So let's say a loose 60 minutes. Uh, but everyone should watch it. Um, 1930s had it right. Every movie should be under 70 minutes. Um, but it is... This takes place with a group of circus freaks, um, and they use um, people with you know real um, disabilities. And um, for the most part, there's some people that they had to add makeup to, to make up the community of circus. Um, but it's so sympathetic with how it treats those characters. Even though it's a horror movie, you never feel like they're the monsters. Um, actions kind of make sense and, and are within reason. Um, but they've spent so much time on every um, character and every person within that community where you can kind of see how they live their life and how they interact with people and how other people see them. That I, I feel like I just haven't quite seen a movie um, 
treat people with um, different abilities as uh, as well as this has, even though it takes the turn um, later in the movie. Um, this is where the famous one of us, one of us comes from, and that scene is fucking killer. Um, and everyone should just watch that scene alone. Um, Cause it kind of sends the whole vibes of where your sympathies lie and, and starts the tensions of trying to build up some of the thrills and the horror element. Um, but it, it's it's great. It's really watchable. Everyone should go for it. Also, um, like jungle movies. So this this movie, I'm actually like 40 minutes in. Uh, I was starting it before the show because we were uh, we were on a call and you're like, Freaks will be my number one. So I wanted to check it out and I knew it was one of the shorter ones. I forgot where it ranked on your list, honestly. But uh, so much uh, what I'm seeing of it, I really enjoy. Um, I can definitely see why um, it's not... But it's a, it's a Zach Ford pick, so it makes sense to me. But it's not like something that mo like I wouldn't have, I would probably have never stumbled upon this movie ever if you didn't bring it up. So I'm kind of glad you did. I'm excited to see uh, see the rest of it and how it plays out. I know you kind of told me a little bit what it's going to play, but uh, I am actually really enjoying it. So that's why I kind of like the show. Sometimes I don't have to see it, but you guys describe it in a way that makes me want to go see movies. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to take. I'm going to throw a dart at the dartboard. I'm guaranteeing three of these people have not seen this movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But Bar Coho Brooklyn, have you not? Have you seen this movie? I've been meaning to. Okay, <laughs> Cody's yeah. actually wrong so, because it's four people have not seen it. Um, just you, for some context, this is Todd Brown, think, who, who is the same director as Dra as the original Dracula. So if anyone's yeah, he, about, like, he sort did of his quite other, a bit of the horror movies. His other work. Um, but yeah, I've really of of his films, I've only seen Dracula. I haven't seen Freaks, even though Zach always talks about it, and I should probably have just watched it by now. But um, thus, I was too busy watching other movies for potential on this list. On his list, I was about to say I obviously don't watch movies made before the year nineteen eighty. So no, you just had one on your list. Like, yeah, well, you have. I was about to say there's a flaw ago. in this. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, shh. Don't you shit. Okay, so you can go to your six because no one saw it. So. Right, my number six, which is going to provide a good transition, um, is, my number six is Nashville. Um, kind of the king of ensemble films is Robert Altman. There's a number of movies I could put in here. I was really trying to stay one to director to help me make decisions. Uh, these are all 10 out of 10s for me. It's on my list. This is like top 50 movies for me. So ensemble movies are really for me. Um, the reason why I said it's a good transition is I feel like what uh, Todd Browning did in Freaks really set the motion on how to film, you know, communities of people and to um, kind of do vignettes between different people in the community to capture what it's like to live there and, uh, and the fullness of, uh, you know, that society. And Robert Allman kind of mastered that because Nashville really, it's, it's a, mainly a plotless movie, but it just captures what the music scene um, is like a natural with a bunch of different characters it's vignettes moving you know from one character one um to one character and um robert Altman does a lot of overlaying dialogue so what you're watching is different than what you're hearing so you're really kind of getting um you know more experiences with multiple characters at the same time which is a complex viewing experience but um pretty um I, it's just the way I like to connect with it. It helps you really feel like you're there and, and part of this. Um, makes it feel real because that's um, what's like to like be at a bar and hearing voices but watching something different. Uh, there's some great performances throughout there. Lily Tomlin has never been better. Um, she has one scene in a bar listening to a song and all she does is look and watch a song. But the way she reacts amongst some other people in the bar reacting it is 
uh, kind of heartbreaking um, in a subtle way. Um, some of the music um, is very, you know, 70s Nashville music, so it, it's good for what it is. But some of the other songs, um, I feel like we're even, you know, ahead of its time with where country music was to go, um, kind of showing the more alternative country scene. So even capturing, you know, different layers of what Nashville can be, not just the old fashioned way is remarkable. And um, this is a, a long one, a lot of these movies are long ones. So if you want a short one, watch Freaks, you can sit down and put yourself in the Tennessee for three hours, you can watch that. <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the decisions uh, going to this movie. It was two hours and 40 minutes. I was like, don't know, I can think, because I'm still considered essential right now, so I'm still working, so I can't just, I'm not home. Um, there's a new rule that's going to be put in place. There's shut up rule. There's all these rules. It's going to be the Paul and Zach rule. Uh, I'm going to give you the topic a week or three weeks in advance if you need it so I can actually see some of these movies. So the show is just not me like, that movie's fine. Just never seen it. Um, so cool. We'll pass this buck again. Some may have seen it. I don't know. But who, why didn't you have Nashville? Coho, you didn't have it. Brooklyn, you've never seen it. You already started drinking. So bar, Paul, have you seen it? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, that's kind of the main reason I didn't put it on here. Um, I wanted to watch it for the show, but I already had watched like four or three-hour movies um, for either consideration or actually on the list, so it was just a bit of a chore for me. Um, I remember not loving it, but that was also pretty early in like my sort of film discovery. Um, I know this is sort of like one of the prototypes that Linklater used when he was um, when he was making Slacker, and that's kind of what inspired him to use that sort of vignette style. Um, I'd be really curious to go rewatch this because it's been so long and I love Altman. Um, but yeah, I just not, it's not something I've seen recent enough to really remember fondly enough to make the list. So I saw this movie for the first time month and a half ago, roughly. Um, it, it takes, it takes a while to get into the movie. Um, but once you're enwrapped in like these characters, you're absolutely enwrapped in them. Especially the one between um, Keith Carradine and um, Lily Tomlin, that relationship. Um, I think I, I really like this movie a lot. It's just that first like twenty to forty minutes. It, it it's just a little hard to get into. So th that kind of kept it off my list. I don't think this is a Cody movie. Just, just by no. The way. Appreciate it. Appreciate the warning. Uh, uh, Paul hasn't logged on Letterbox, but no star ratings. Don't trust it. Um, next one. Uh, go to your five. Yeah. So my number five. I get a lot more accessible here on out. Uh, my number five, um, pretty on brand pick, is Royal Tannenbaum's. Um, Tannenbaum's. I keep saying Tannenbaum's because I'm just really into the Christmas song. Oh, Tannenbaum's. I actually had to delete and edit my list <laughs> to Cody to spell it right. Um, the wire old Tannenbaum's. Um, <laughs> Wes Anderson, um, you know, always has great cast. I would say this is the most ensemble of his movies because um, they all kind of equal play. I, this kind of breaks my rules because I try to have no one person you can say as lead. It's multiple, you know, viewpoints. Gene Hackman can be seen as lead, but I think equal time and consideration is given to, you know, um, to Luke Wilson's character and to Gwyneth Paltrow's character and their stories matter equal as much to where even some of the smaller characters I feel like have scenes to really help identify you know, where their story lies within it. I think Danny Glover gives one of my favorite, you know, 10 minute performances in any movie. There's a specific one scene where he interacts with Gene Hackman and, you know, comes out of his kind of timid shell to, um, you know, show his cards a little bit and how he's reacting deep inside of all the chaos happening around 
Um, him and he was really trying to be a stoke person. It's really remarkable. Um, but Royal Tenenbaums, um, I saw it probably when I was like 12 years old. So kind of a um, formative movie um, for me growing past just watching um, cartoons and Disney sing-along tapes. Um, and so that's probably why it, it stays in my memory so well, but it still holds up to this day. It's, it's super funny, super tragic in a lot of places. Um, great music, um, it's kind of a theme in any movie I like. Um, Wes Anderson always does well with that, but also I played tennis and I identify with Luke Wilson by having committed suicide. I just, I just wanted to be a tennis star, but my dad didn't love me enough. Um, I, I realize why you're partner with Boatman. Um, so, uh, most people know what I'm going to say on this one. Um, and I'm sorry. I hate Wes Anderson. I do. I don't like his movies. Uh, Again, and it's the worst cop out ever. The only one I do like is Grand Budapest, which is not even like know in most eyes, not even considered one of his best of like of Wes Anderson of like Wes Anderson's style of movies. I'm sorry, I and that, that one would still probably be a three and a half for me. I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. I respect it if you like it. That is in your Wilson house. It's like the Kevin Smith, all that stuff. I keep it, keep it. I think Wes Anderson's better than Kevin Smith, but those are like those fan base that are like super crazy about him. Nah, not for me. Won't be for me. Uh, so I won't say anything rude about the movie because it's been one time that I've seen it. It was a long time ago, and I remember not liking it. Um, Paul, Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, yeah, this is not one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. I don't like this movie a lot. Um, I have been meaning to sort of rewatch it because um, I haven't seen it in probably two or three-ish years. Um, but this is definitely not one of my favorites. Actually, Grand Budapest is the one that I most strongly considered for this list from Wes Anderson. But um, I, no, this doesn't, I don't identify with the characters really. And I think that's the big thing with this movie is if you don't connect to them, that you don't really care about what's going on. Um, and this has never been one that I've really connected to. It's great use of music, but I don't, yeah, the characters I don't care for. Sorry, you didn't have a stepsister. Adopted sister. What are you doing, step bro? Adopted sister. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, jeez, <laughs> um, uh, this is my favorite Wes Anderson film. Um, and I'm actually a little upset that I didn't think about this movie, uh, because it probably would have made like my bottom, like somewhere between my ten and eleven. My, my <laughs> I think somewhere in there. Um, but no, I think this is a great pick. I love this movie a lot. That that ending is just so so good. Um, I haven't seen it, but I will echo Paul's statement that Grand Budapest uh, was was on my short list. I think it was on my list for a little bit, and then I had to take it off. Who's Wes Anderson? <laughs> Fair. Okay. That's the guy that made Boogie Nights, right? Uh, I think he's the guy that made the one about the stop motion dog. Oh, oh if he did, that he's the one that I actually did. Like. I didn't like oh. Isle of Dogs, Zach. I'm sorry. All right, that's let's close good. it out. So, that's why. Um, what is your four? Um, too. My number four, once again, going by the rule of one film per director is for me because this person could have dominated the list. Um, this is my Tarantino choice. It's my favorite Tarantino in Glorious Bastards. Yikes. Um, all right, Brooklyn. 
All right, can't wait to uh, can't wait to see the eye rolls in the chat as I uh, as I bring up my list again. Uh, number seven is uh, 2019's Little Women. Okay. Uh, there was a couple of uh, a couple of what's on who's going to pick 2019. Um, uh, if I did game, um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody picked picked Parasite. Uh, but Little Women is like one of the more joyous films I've ever watched. It's it's probably the closest I've gotten to crying tears of joy. Um I just love the bond that like Sorcerer Ronan and Force Pew and Emma Watson sort of sort of have. Um I really actually really loved um Laura Dern's performance in this movie. I, I was hoping that she got nominated for, for that over marriage story. Um and then fucking Bob Odenkirk just shows up in this movie as as the dad and it just it just it's weird but it's but it fits it fits so well. Um Timothy, Timothy Chalamet is really good as Lori. Uh, I love the score. Just the relationships that they have, and I think I think it's the reason why it's on this list in this spot. I hadn't like before going into this movie, I hadn't I hadn't read the books. I haven't even heard of the books, or I hadn't realized that this was like the fourth iteration of of the movie. So I went into this with very fresh eyes, um, and yeah, it blew me blew me out of the park. Uh, I believe it was my number three or four of twenty of twenty nineteen. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good time, and I think seeing it in the theater especially sort of gives it that grand essence of what I think ensembles are really um, are really about. Uh, yeah, uh, so this movie, um, I was not hip or did not uh, did not know like the many Little Women before this movie. I never checked any of them out. Didn't really hear much. Didn't read the book. Um, so it's like when I went to see it, my wife went to see it first. She really liked it, and she hates movies to be honest with you. She doesn't hate them, but she just doesn't like obsess about them like I do. Um, so when I went to see it, I was really, really surprised by it. Um, uh, I think this movie is brilliant. Um, again, people say it's complete, like it switches up with the original thing or however it worked to me. It was awesome how it played out. Cause I didn't know what the original was or how it all played out. But I think the characters and the acting in this movie is incredible. And the direction given, um, I've seen it, I've seen it three times now. Um, and I would say, for her not to get nominated for director, I I can kind of now fully understand where everybody's frustration was. One time view, I was like, okay, I, maybe I don't know because Oscar season goes, but this is the movie that I've actually come back to and watched with my wife, and I think it's really really strong. Those characters and the overall bond that you said that they develop, you can actually feel that. So nice pick for seven. I don't I don't hate the recency bias. I think it's a really good choice. Um, uh, everybody else, I know I can guarantee everybody has seen this movie. So tell me your viewpoints and why not? Maybe because it's too recent, or maybe you don't like it. Tell me about it. Cody, what do you get when you get an amazing <laughs> film directed by a woman and the Oscars? Not what you deserve. Um, Greta Gerwig definitely should have been nominated for this movie. Um, I excluded this for specifically because of my criteria, because I think that this is primarily Joe's movie. And I think that there's ample time given to the other characters, but I think that it's a vehicle told through her perspective. Um, so I eliminated it. Otherwise it probably would have been on the list. I love, love this movie. As many people probably know, um, Greta is two for two for me, as far as movies that like I adore, adore personally. Um, I love the Pew performance in this movie so much. Um, the way that she dilates herself based on what age she is and the way that sort of her, her energy is sort of focused into these small moments that are so perfectly indicative of who she is as a character. Um, yeah, every performance is amazing. Um, I watched the 94 one right after this, and I definitely prefer 2019 on like every aspect. And a lot of people say that Christian Bale is better than Shallow May. I definitely disagree with that. I think that the dramatic scene between Ryder and Bale, and the, the old one is not 
satisfying. I think that this is a much better, more realized, modern version of this story, told as a sort of semi-autobiographical through Greta, and I think it's amazing. Yeah, it um, was in my top five of last year. I, I, I love movies that um, Brooklyn's that could have made the, the top list um, from last year, could have made an ensemble list. Um, like three of my top five alone, I would qualify because I would count this. Um, but there's also, but Mon Monos made my 2019 pick for ensembles. I didn't want to give everything to 2019s. Um, but I, I, I was heavily, there's some bias because I was heavily rooting for this movie because my wife can't hear me, but Greta Gerwig is the love of my life. Um, don't tell her. But um, but I, I just really wanted to succeed. I was nervous going in, but I'm really happy she missed everything. I love you, baby. Uh, how am I going to follow that? Um, I love this movie, the, the 2018 Pure Flix version. However, just number one. Uh, <laughs> But um, no, this this movie is fantastic. Everyone nails their performances in this movie. The one person who I don't think actually is that good in this is Streep. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) She really kind of drags this movie back a little bit, and it keeps it from making my list. Um, Streep alone. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. Her two minutes on screen ruined the movie. (laughs) <laughs> this was my number 12 of 2019. I did really like this movie. Um, I think Gurig has made two great movies. Um, 2019 is a great year for film. Uh, but Little Women, I, I limited myself to one 2019 movie. Uh, and there was one that I, I had to pick from 2019, and Little Women just didn't make the cut. 2020 is better. Uh, Bad Boys is one of the computer. It's just really depressing when you think about the state of the world right now. That's all I have to say. Just best actor, Betty Gilpin, in the <laughs> best picture, Bad Boys for Life. Let's make it happen. Um, Brooklyn, what's your six? All right, number six uh, is one of my favorite comedies, uh, Anchorman. Wow. All right then, cool. So you can't talk about ensemble without without improv because I think because improv really has that group and it's about it's about it's about that chemistry and how how people work off of each other. And Anchorman, I think, is one of the one of the prime prime examples of that. I mean, like Will Ferrell, Paul Paul Rudd, uh, Steve Carell, whatever the fuck that guy's name is, Champ or Champ or whatever. <laughs> they just they just work off of each other so well. And then there's so many other aspects that you add in, like uh, Vince like Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Vince Stiller, the, the Jack Black. Jack Black scene is 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 great or whatever. Um, it's very it's super quotable. Like this is I think one of the Adam McKay's best in terms of in in, in terms in terms of comedy. And it just it's rewatchable. I get the yucks. And sure, it's like you could argue that it isn't really an ensemble because the, it's the subtitle is the Legend of Ron Legend of Ron Burgundy. But there's just so many things that have to work work together uh, in order for this in order this to work. And it's it's a home run. I just I really really love this movie. If I could just get like a cut, like a like a video package of just Zach popping up, be like, "Are you sure about that?" The <laughs> nothing to do the movies half the time. I know, I, I know. He just is like, "Oh yeah, I'm on a show." What? <laughs> but it's always at the right beat. It was perfect on that one. And then what the hell is the champ? Um, I like <laughs> this movie a lot. I really do. Um, as a comedy, it's I Will Ferrell now is like. I grew up at the right time of this section of Will Ferrell for me to find it really funny. Um, 
I don't laugh as much as I used to because you know I you know went through puberty and everything and like grew up and stopped being a child. Um, so it's not as funny all the time for me. Um, the only reason is I don't really consider this an ensemble movie. Um, there's got great role players, but it's it's Ron's story. It's Ron's story, a hundred percent. Everything focuses on him. No one else gets a moment without Ron. So I don't hate. The, I I don't. I just don't think it qualifies. So uh, it's again. I tell everybody to make your list. I don't really dictate people's list. I let them defend it on the show if it makes you look stupid. I just think I understand where you're coming from. In my eyes, it's just not. Um, everybody else besides that topic, if you agree with me, you can just say yes, it's not an ensemble. But uh, was this in consideration for you guys, or was that a driving factor of not having it on? Uh, yes, and also I just got to this movie too late. I think um, I saw it sort of when it first came out, but by the time I watched it again, like when I was really fully formed, it was just so in the culture that like nothing was really that funny. Um, all the the famous jokes are just a part of our lexicon, and I think that sort of takes a lot of the punch of them out. So it's hard for me to really say. And I never really saw this movie um, sort of as you know as as an adult while without just being inundated with everything, and it's impossible to really find it that funny for me. Um, it's just not, yeah, it's not my favorite Adam McKay comedy either. So, yeah. Uh, so, I haven't seen it since high school. And I, I, cause I loved it the first time I've seen it. And then Brian Andrews, the um, second best player in our tennis team, who's always jealous because I was a year younger, but was the captain. He just like fucking talked about Anchorman all the time and, and had us play it on like our, our a bus to go into a like um, special match. And, and I just, I, I can't like it because you like it. I'm better than you, Brian Andrews, at tennis and life. So I have better movie taste. So I haven't seen it since. It's his fault. He said that I think he works for a flavors for a company, and that's a cool ass job. And I want to taste the nice chips. Now I'm jealous of him. It turned. Zach's reasonings for every movie up here on his list are my favorite <laughs> things ever. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time when I went to Madison. Oh, he, you know, Zach should host the show. Uh, I I stopped for the first time when we went to Madison. Uh, that when I was sitting there with you and Tim and everyone, and you guys got to watch me watch Anchorman for the first time, and I liked it. Uh, but I've only seen it once, and it didn't leave as big of an impression on me as everyone else. But that's also because I saw it once while we were all talking and making fun of the movie. So one of my favorite movie experiences, but I wouldn't put it on this list yet. That's fair. Uh, all right. I bet, oh, I bet this place uh, has about a lot of leather-bound books and smells of rich mahogany. Um, I personally really love this it movie. <laughs> I personally love this movie. I caught it when I was younger, and I actually watched it again just to see if it, if it still held up to me about two months ago. And it still held up to me. There's a lot of great moments in this. However, when it comes to being an ensemble movie, I think this focus is a little bit too much on Ron and Veronica um, for me to consider this an ensemble movie. Pretentious bar likes Anchorman. I'm so shocked. Anchorman. statement. And wait until you have kids who laugh even less. Sorry, Zach. It's um, uh, so uh, go ahead, Brooklyn, give us your five, I believe. All right. So uh, number five is Ocean's Eleven. And the, I, I think, obviously, at this point, the Steven Soderbergh, not the, uh, not, oh. not, not the, uh, not, not the OG. Sinatra version? Uh, no, no, no. The Steven Soderbergh version. Um, uh, you almost had a yikes for me there. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, I, I watched this film for the first time a couple of years ago. 
Um, and this really hit home with me. Um, I just love. I'm a sucker for like for casino movies. Um, as I, I work, I work. That's what that's the industry that I work in. So I sort of attached to it more. Uh, the twists in this work, like it's it's a it's a heist movie. So there are there are so many gears that, that have to work in place. And I just love uh, Brad Pitt as essentially like the like the puppet master the puppet master of it all, and then sort of organizing everything. And then you like George Clooney has time to shine. I love Bernie Max Bernie Max role in this. Uh, Matt Damon is great as the as sort of like the like the swiper or whatever the 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 pickpocket and then you have like Scott Kahn and Casey Casey Affleck as sort of like these these like these but these guys that consistently consistently butt heads and like Alan Arkin is great as sort of like like the wise guy. There's just so many there's so many things that could have went wrong in it. Um but he just he he just does really well. And then like Andy Garcia I think it's just the right amount of like cartoony sort of villain that just gives it enough dynamic to uh, to sort of have it, to give it some sort of flair and to sort of like have some sort of wow wow factor. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie and I'll be watching this again and again and again. Uh, just next time anybody wants to like share the whole cast from the movie, just bring up the IMDb page and share your screen so we can all just look at it together. On time with it's fair because it's on song. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I just, sorry, you lost me halfway through because I, you said Swiper, and I just pictured Matt Damon in the next Dora movie. Um, <laughs> so I was lost on a little bit of a thing for it. Um, I love this movie. I have the hot take that I like. It's like 13, 11, 12 for me is where I like it. I actually like 13 more. Um, but I don't, I don't hate the decision. I think these movies are fantastic. I don't love 12 as much, but... Uh, this is like the key of like every piece has to fall on the play and everybody gets equal screen time. So I actually really enjoy this choice. I'm not surprised it didn't end up on more people's list, but a little bit like a part of the panel, I expected maybe a show up. Um, so uh, first I'm going to go to Coho and Bar. Maybe not Bar. Maybe Coho. Coho, why, why not Ocean's Eleven? Um, if I was going to put an Ocean's movie, I would have put 13. I have a lot more fun with 13. Just because Al Pacino and it, you know. Uh, but okay. this is a good pick. Um, not as big of a fan as Eleven, but I can't. I it wasn't in my top fifteen, but it it could it should have been probably thirteen was closer. I just love your thir- your thirteen reason, Pacino. Pacino. You know. Am I wrong? Pacino is great. You know. No, I do like Pacino. Andy Garcia is pretty strong too. But uh, everybody else, why No Ocean's Eleven? Um, I, this, too much this fun. Is... <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was going to say this movie's a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) This movie's a lot of fun. I really like this movie a lot. However, it just... This is my favorite of the the trilogy. Um, But honestly, it's just a movie that, like... I enjoy it when it's on. It's definitely, like, a good... Like, if it's on TV, I'll probably, like, turn it on there and leave it there. But it's not one that I'm like crazy about. So fair, Paul. No. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite movies. Um, you guys are on crack if you think that thirteen is better than eleven. Just stop. That's just like no. Um, but this is not an ensemble movie. This is a movie. This movie is about Danny, and it is strictly about Danny. The whole heist is Danny's construction just to get his girl back. And the entire movie is structured on his arc. Um, everything is, again, centered around him. 
12 and 13, absolutely ensemble movies. I love both of those movies. They were both very close. Um, but 11 is, I just, this is under my rules. This is absolutely not an ensemble movie at all. Otherwise, it's, I've probably seen this movie the most of any movie in the last couple of years. But this is just not an ensemble for me. So 13 is the best. I'm glad proven by Paul. No, uh, exactly. 12 is better than 13. Paul just uses. Whoa. Roller coaster of hell are we taking on? Okay, go ahead. Paul's just using sneaky language to state why he knew it was going to be someone else's list, so instead he wanted to take a chance <laughs> and talk about um, Afterlife and not talk about Ocean's Eleven. That's not true. We all know it's your number one. It's an ensemble movie. I have, okay. Anyway, um, I just watched it for the first time this week to prepare for the list. Um, I think that's – yeah, somehow I missed it. I've seen 13 in theaters because I worked at a theater at that point. Um, but I uh, – I think it's a movie that really it needs the rewatches to really get into as most like I think movies that are just about, you know, fun and, and I won't call it jive movie, like you're just jiving the cast and hanging out with those friends. It, it it's something I look forward to watching. I'm sure will, you know, become a ten out of ten with time for me. Um it's I definitely want to do like a sick day, just watch all three Oceans movies together, I think would be a great experience. Um, I also just like Brad Pitt eating sandwiches is like the sexiest damn thing. It's like calming and, and shrimp. Light, it's life affirming. Yeah. I actually, for a mindfulness in class, I just tell the kids we're quiet for three minutes, take breath, and watch Brad Pitt eat the shrimp, and, and everything, all your stress will go away. <laughs> so, for that reason, um, it will make my list in three years when we redo the show because you run out of ideas. By the way, just I have to say this every time this movie is brought up. Don Cheadle accent is ghastly in this movie. Yeah, it's it's so great. Funny. No, it's but it's funny. It doesn't no, it's matter. Not. It's funny. No, it's yeah, it is. No. Yeah, All right, still proven thirteen. I actually thought it was um, so we are moving Thanks, on to year four with Ocean's Thirteen still ranking higher than none for everybody else. That was good to be determined today. Um, go ahead, give us your four while you're freezing to death over there. Apparently. All right, so I have a funny feeling this is the only animated movie on the entire list. Uh, we're going with Toy Story Two. <laughs> uh, I rewatched this movie a couple weeks ago, and this uh, doubles. This sorry, this holds up and then some. Um, this is a this is like one of my favorite favorite Pixar movies, general animated movies, uh, or whatever. Um, I just love I love all the different aspect different aspects of it. Um, I mean, like I sort of got shit for na for naming the whole cast, so I won't I won't do that. I'm sort of talking about the highlights. Kelsey Grammer, whether he's sideshow Bob or Prospector Pete, he needs to be a villain in like everything. He just has that charisma, and he has that. And I just, I just love, I just love him, love him in general. Um, uh, Jesse has a, has a really, really fun time to shine. I mean, like she loves, like she loves me. That sort of aspect and that sort of, um, and that sort of had uh, sort of turned into like a fan theory of like whether whether or not like the the girl that dropped her off was actually Andy's mom. Um, I like the I love the Buzz Lightyear Buzz Lightyear aspect of it of where it's just like he's sort of it's really good character development for him in terms of like he is not this one of a kind thing. He is just sort of quote Pink Floyd and then another brick in the wall. Um, and then you have one of the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is actually from the trailer. It's like we're gonna do Buzz, use your head. Well, I don't want to use my head. And then um, actually, it's funny because Rex of Rex of all people is is one of the one of sort of the key, sort of the key things because they talk about um, 
Like his, he actually has an arc of like, oh, I can't beat the game, and it's like, well, I don't need to beat the game because I lived it. It's it, it's 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 great. It's funny, and then like rewatching it as an adult, you pick up more things. Like you go to the, I never noticed this when watching it as a kid, but like whenever they're in the like that conveyor belt scene in the, in the airplane on Woody's on Woody's uh, on Woody's bus, it actually has a, a ticket, an airplane ticket to to Butte, Montana, and I got to go chuckle out of that. So. Um, I'm probably going to die on the cell, but I think, yeah, I think Toy Story 2 is not only the best of the Toy Stories, uh, but one of the better animated ensembles. Um, I'm not going to talk long on this one. Um, I think it's... This is... Um, the Toy Story movies, are, this one especially is solely Woody's story. It's Woody. Everything dictates on Woody. Um, saying it's high in your Pixar rankings mean absolutely nothing when you are a complete terrible human being and put Brave as a four and a half star. Um, so I don't know what the hell the mark is. Um, but uh, this movie does not quote. I think this is like one of those ones like, yes, it's got a lot of star-studded power. A lot of people play this movie, but they are all the conveyor belt for Woody's story. So Little bold choice. Uh, didn't hate it. Loved the movie. It's my favorite Toy Story, but uh, can't give you a pass on that one. Everybody else, Toy Story. I don't, not an ensemble movie. Not yep. one of the best Pixar movies. Not one of the three best Toy Story movies. Um, Prospector Pete, super overrated villain. Um, <clears throat> that's super generic and just I'm evil for the sake of being evil. Um, he's fine. Uh, the movie itself, actually, I liked a lot more in rewatch than I originally did, um, but it's still good. Um, again, not an ensemble. And not one of the Who best ways for movies. So uh, I'll I'll just go ahead and say you everything Kalayama just said is absolutely fucking wrong. Uh, Toy Story Two right. is the best Toy Story. Uh, however, uh, I would not put this on because it is Woody's story all the way through all four of them. This is the most on Woody story of them because this also has a lot of focus on Buzz. But I would still not call it an ensemble movie. Um, but you did pick the best Toy Story, so. For you. No, he um, didn't. Yeah, he did. This is the third best Toy Story film. You're all this on is cocaine. Number three out of the four. Four is um, the best. Four is the worst. Um, so I can't handle this. this. Is, this is one of those. So second's the best. Cool. Got it. We're moving on. Let's talk about it. Um, it's kind of as everyone said. This is kind of Woody story. I mean, I get, like, Jessie has a moment to really shine, but outside of that one moment, she doesn't really, she doesn't really shine as much as just Woody bitch, does. Say what? Don't just tell me it's just a moment. That bitch was, she, no, she that, left her. It's a she great moment. Her. It's a great moment. <laughs> but Are the two points I gave you? You're moment. minus four. You're minus four. You, you screwed yourself. I just want to quickly say, I'm not going to talk about Toy Story because Toy Story arguments can go on forever. And I zoned out for most of what Brooklyn talked about because I have some serious attention issues. But I did tune in for his like beautiful boot he threw in there. And that, that boot was as good as Toy Story 2. And, and that makes my list. That's my number three, Brooklyn's a boot. <laughs> okay. We'll get off this. Uh, let's go down a rabbit hole of Brooklyn drinking the rest of that drink. Paul, here's your seven. Uh, my number seven uh, is a director that Zach mentioned earlier, um, an essential ensemble director, uh, Robert Altman's Gosford Park. Um, this is the sort of um, epitome of the upstairs-downstairs 
um, idea where it's have these two people separated by social class. You have the, the valets, butlers, and cooks and maids um, downstairs, and you have the sort of highborn rich people upstairs. And I love seeing how the two dynamics um, contrast each other and how the two different groups interact. Um, I love Ryan Philippi and Bob Balaban specifically in this movie are super interesting to me. Um, Philippi's sort of lampooning himself almost. Um, I'm not going to give away too much about, about his character, but it's really interesting the sort of direction that he goes down. Um, and I just love the way that all of these different people um, interact with, because there's so many different relationships between, there's like, you know, 15 essential players in this movie, really. Um, and it's just an amazing murder mystery. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Every cast member is great. Um, and I love the way that they use the cast to sort of talk about sort of social situations and class dynamics. Yeah. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Who else? Um, this is one of those movies that I've only seen once, and I feel like on second watch it will be better. It, I liked it, but I it was it was one that I was I was finding myself not really getting into. But once again, it is one of those movies that I feel like on second watch probably will jump up a little bit for me. Zach. Zach, go ahead. You've seen this. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, it, it. Once again, I try to go one movie per director, so it's got deemed off my list just because Nashville was going to be my pick. Um, but but it's really great because it wants to play like a murder mystery but doesn't really care about that and yeah. um, so very far into the movie. It's much more about the dynamics of the cast and the dynamics of that society. As I said, Robert Altman's a master of you know capturing certain communities, and this was um, a, a smaller location as far as being you know one estate, um, but still captured as many different personalities and um, you know roles within that community that really help it make it full. Um, does it as well as any of like Downton Abbey or TV shows that take a lot more time to establish you know, their characters. Um, also, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking her name? Right. Who's technically would be the lead, um, Irish lady from No Country for Old Men. Um, oh, Kelly uh, Yeah, she, underrated actress, I've always loved her, um, and she's really great at being your, um, your eyes kind of into that society, so. Speaking of brave. Yeah, I think, I think I was promised a murder mystery movie, and I think that's why I need to watch it a second time. And not have that mindset watching it. No. Fair. Um, All right. Go to uh, my number six is sort of the one time I betrayed my rules um, and sort of went with a personal pick. Um, my number six is my favorite movie for one of my favorite directors. Um, that's Stalag 17, um, which is my favorite Billy Wilder movie. Um, if William Holden is, is essentially the lead, but the reason I love the movie so much is because of all the different characters and how they sort of all fit into this puzzle of this war camp. Um, specifically the character of Animal. Anyone who's seen this movie, he is absolutely hilarious. Um, there's a gag with him um, and Harry Shapiro where they're, they're drawing this paint line, and that's one of my favorite bits in the entire movie. Um, I love the way that sort of their, their social dynamics say so much about who they were before they came to this camp, but now they're sort of all put on equal footing. Um, this is the funniest... Um, Cody only watched it because I told him to, so shut up. Um, this is the funniest POW camp movie you'll ever see, probably. Um, there get some amazing, hilarious bits while also having some sort of serious intrigue. And I love that sort of there's the mystery of, of who the traitor is in the bunk as well as just um, these characters interacting with each other. Um, the scene on Christmas is amazing as well when they're singing Johnny Comes Marching Home again. Um, one of my favorite movie scenes, and like I just want to watch that on loop forever. 
Um, but it's an amazing movie with all these different, very distinctive characters um, that all come from different places and come together to sort of give this this bunk some sort of identity. Uh, yes, I will clear up all confusions. Uh, I was on a Wilder kick. Uh, uh, he did suggest this movie, and I'm so glad he did. It's probably one that I would have probably bypassed because um, it didn't sound like one for me. Uh, I think this is like one of them when I describe Wilder, like his 40s and 50s um, and 60s. I don't mind the 60s stuff. Um, they're so strong. Um, this movie, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I think like all the court, like the courtyard stuff when they all come out and that stuff is some of the most comedic moments. He hit the nail on the head. I agree. I'm kind of with you. I understand where you could say it's the one person story, but the entire group plays a factor into it. So I'm so happy this appeared in your list. Uh, it's of the movie, new movies I've seen this year. This is like in my top five. Um, I will probably watch it numerous times. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite Wilder, but it's definitely one of my favorite uh, ones I've seen this year, hands down. So um, great choice. Uh, if you haven't seen this one, I think, was it on Prime? It's on Prime, I think. Yeah. I think it's still on Prime. Go check it out. I mean, again, uh, I think it's fantastic. Everybody else, uh, Cole, you started some Wilder. I would definitely go suggest this one. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't gotten into this yet. I am. I last one I watched was Double Indemnity. So, okay. and hate it like a fool. I didn't like Double Indemnity. Sorry. Three out of five. I haven't seen it. No, I'm not a GFC yet, so I don't hate it. Everybody else who has who has seen this movie. Uh, I I love Wilder. It's just one I haven't gotten to yet. William Holden is an American treasure. Um, I will share my brain if I have to. Go watch Paul's it. Eight eight times times. I just need everyone to be reminded of this. That's um, true. Other I watched it three times. I watched it three times in two weeks. The first time I watched it. So that's anyway. <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, so my, my number five uh, is one of Cody's all-time favorite directors. Just loves him so much. Um, this is Magnolia. Um, uh, somebody so, else has Magnolia, right? No, you're you're mistaken, Cody. <laughs> Take it um, Okay, so I, I watched this for the first time in a long time, um, a few days ago. Um, and I just think this movie is so moving and emotional. And I love the way that these characters all have this tragedy of their lives intertwined and coalesce into this single moment at the end. Um, like Zach once said, if you think the ending doesn't make sense, then you don't know anything about the Bible. Um, it's very obvious um, what the ending is symbolizing, um, but I love the heartbreak of all these different characters. I think Stanley the Quiz Kid is like one of my favorite um, sort of tragic young figures. Um, it's just so heartbreaking, the role that he's forced to play in the show and in his life. Um, I think that stuff is incredible. Um, this is my favorite Tom Cruise performance. I think that the scene, especially when he goes to talk to his father, um, is just the most emotional he's ever been on screen. And I think the most well-realized he's been as a person and as a human being where you see you see how he is when he's first introduced and then that all sort of transforms when he later confronts his father. Um, that stuff is just incredible. And I think every character has a great moment to shine. I think that the Melora Walters performance in this is amazing um, and super overlooked when it comes to this movie. But I think that, again, it's like eight or nine different actors, all with their own unique stories, all that actually matter and have a beginning, middle, and end. And I love how it's framed in the beginning, too. It's just a beautiful, emotional movie that um, I think I'll just discover more of every time I go back to it. But it's just, it's an amazing movie. Uh, 
So I don't know what the hell season it was of Full Metal. Um, I think we're still on the same season. I'm not sure. Um, but when this, uh, yeah, okay. This this uh, movie was on one of the matches I had to play in a triple threat. I don't know. It was Brooklyn. I think it was Brooklyn, Malcolm, and myself. I watched it. Um, gosh, do I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate this three-hour movie. Um there were a few Sad. that came out of that. There was a few that came out of that that I was like super excited about. I took like super detailed notes on this movie, and I wish I didn't. I know more about it still to this day from the one viewing I saw than I will know of some movies. Um, yeah, I Paul Thomas, mm, not my man. Don't like this movie at all. Sorry, guys, it's not my. It's not a Cody movie. I'll tell you. So, uh, yeah, don't. Uh, if you have three hours. Uh, don't watch this. <laughs> okay, anybody else? Uh, it is a movie that I know is on Netflix, and I'm going to get around to it. Uh, I do love the Paul F. Tompkins stand-up bit about him working on it, though. So, uh, Pause, pause, pause real quick. Sorry, you'll go back to it. Jake, do you just sit by your computer or do something else, and as soon as somebody brings up Paul Thomas Anderson, do you appear? Because you have said nothing in this chat until another Paul Thomas Anderson appears. Uh, I appreciate you still being clicked on the video, but damn. Uh, go ahead. Not allowed to use IJO. Just saying. Not allowed. <laughs> Only me and his I uh, watched Magnolia for the first time this week, and um, it was by on my list. And there's absolutely no um, shenanigans behind the scenes of list sharing that may have made decisions on why to take it off. When I realized I forgot to put Nashville on my first list, um, but it was originally my number eight or seven, I think. Uh, so it blew me away. Um, it's I think I'm much. Um, more vulnerable to um, Paul Thomas Anderson's um, emotional side. I, mean, I would say my favorite too is this in Punch Drunk Love. Punch that's right. um, how it hits me more than his, you know, more intellectual um, side that he does with other movies. Um, this I fully understand why people don't like it. And kind of amazed I like it because it like starts at 150 miles per hour and never lets down. It's very over the top. A lot of great shouting. Um, I think you just got to find the vibe and, and and try to stick along with it. And I feel like once you know what you're in for, um, you can you know go along for the ride and and be moved. I'm um, just know it's all heightened emotions, but I feel like the movie doesn't do well. But there's no movie that does as well with the you know interconnectivity of humanity that we all are connected by our grief and our thoughts and um, we just have to admit this as a society for us to be able to move forward and i think that's a lot with the hints um, a lot of the symbolism at the end is saying you know as a society we need to admit to our thoughts to help us become you know better as a community and, and better together so it, don't call very, her lady don't call her lady I've also been very vocal about saying Tom Cruise is not good in any non-action movie. Um, I don't think he's typically a good dramatic actor. I think Jay McGuire is way overrated, and I'm a Cameron Crowe fan. Uh, but uh, this is by far the first time I've been impressed because I think just PTA knew how to use him and knew how to use Tom Cruise's kind of – because he's always heightened. So he was built for this um, this level hey. of drama that was going on. Hey, Zach, what's Yo. this on your list? It was now on my list. You talked about it more than Paul talked about it. Bar at your point. Should have put it on your you list. You gave me permission I, to I, head I, talk. I, I said, I can, I'm the only one that can talk for as long as I fucking want. 
I already talked, Cody. Oh, good. Four, Paul. Or wait, Brooklyn, have you seen it? Do I look like Jeremy Adams? <laughs> no. A little bit. I'm not. I don't think Jeremy would be caught dead with Bob. Yeah. Less, less belts, but similar. Um, so my number four, um, my number four is Dazed and Confused. Yikes. Terrible choice. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so, bar. Seven. All right, uh, my number seven is one of those smaller contained ensembles again, but it's uh, it's a really good one. It's The Thing, 1982. Uh, I think the uh, I think the cast in this is really really good, and like the, the they click really well, um, especially given the uh, the location situation they're in. Um, it focuses on them. I, I I can understand some people saying it's more of Kurt Russell's movie, but I kind of disagree because each person really does get uh, – when they have their chance to shine, I think they really pull it off. Um, and it's just like – you don't get that sense of claustrophobia without everyone on their A game. You're I afraid think. of Santa Claus? <laughs> don't, don't you mention that name around me. So the thing. Or are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Haven't seen it. Have no desire to, honestly. Not a desire. I, I get it. People like it. Nah. I did. Really? I honestly feel. I honestly feel at this point, if I do watch it, it is going to be. It's one of the most overhyped things that and it will not live up to my expectations. And I'll put a letterbox review out there of three out of five stars, and the community will roast me for it. So I'm just going to save my time, not worry about it, and tell you the thing. It's cool, awesome. I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm probably not watching it. Uh, who has seen the thing on the panel? I love Zach's ability of not camera off, <laughs> get up and just leave the frame and show everybody your ass. I enjoy it. Thank you, Zach. Um, the thing, go ahead. So I hadn't watched this until last year, um, and I was sort of had some of the worries that Cody did, but I think this was pretty much just as good as advertised, if not better for me. I was blown away um, by how much is, is done in such a short amount of time in such a small condensed area. I do think that this is RJ McCready's movie. I think that Kurt Russell is very definitively the figure at the center of everything. Um, the way that the movie structured is it's based around the way that his character discovers and finds out information. And I think that because of that, it's definitely not an ensemble movie. Um, I love a lot of the characters. I love windows, especially is, is a super fun side character for me. Um, but I, I just don't think of this as an ensemble movie, even though it's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie, and I would recommend anyone to watch it. I think Cody would really enjoy it, actually. Yeah, I get that. Anybody else on the thing? Zach, have you seen the thing? I haven't seen it. That's why I left and got a beer. What's the thing? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm very. Bar, uh, Brooklyn, things? Did you drink? I didn't say. Did no, I'm a I'm a big scaredy cat who doesn't like horror movies. Fair. By the okay. way, the effects in this movie hold up 100,000%. Yeah. I, I did once argue that this is the best year for the single year of sci-fi. Never saw it, but I won. <laughs> That's fire. Um, uh, Bar, what's your six? This is where I blow up half of the internet. Um, positively uh, and some people negatively. Uh I think this is a great ensemble movie because every character uh, holds this movie up so well. It's the Muppet movie. The first uh, 
The first one, yeah, from 1979. Um. All of the cameos shine without distracting from the overall story. Uh, all of the Muppets have their own character, which is so... It, it's so good to see like such defined characters um, from uh, puppets because... Or, I'm sorry, Muppets, I should say. <laughs> My apologies. Um, but it, it's such... It's such a large cast, and there are so many different people that you focus on um, in this really simple story, essentially. Um, and you get, as I said, you get some great cameos. You get Milton Berle. You get Richard Pryor. You get Steve Martin. You get Mel Brooks. And everyone holds... <laughs> okay, let me pull up the IMDb real quick, Paul. I'll be right back. Go on. No, no. Please, no. <laughs> But um, yeah, there, it, there's so many different characters that you get to focus on and connect to. Um, but it's it's just a really good movie. So, and the songs are great, actually. Um, so personally, not an expert in the field. I have somebody that's a second expert in the field because technically somebody lost in a Muppets match. So Nazari is now the expert on it. Um, <laughs> But I'll go to him in a second. Um, if this isn't Christmas Carol or Treasure Island, which uh, which I saw when I was a kid, so those are the only two Muppet movies I've ever seen, I will not watch this movie. So have no opinion. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm an adult. Uh, you asshole. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Sorry. I like movies depressing and freaking puppets are not my thing. Uh We'll go to everybody and leave Zach to the end. Why did this movie not make your list? Somehow haven't seen it. I've seen. I saw Christmas Carol this year. I I, I rewatched another Muppets movie. Uh, just haven't gotten around to it. I've seen as many Muppets movies as Brooklyn, and that's now three. So this is not one of. Them. Wow, what's a Muppet? Your name. Oh, you kind of look like. Gonzo, you kind of do. I, I, I think Gonzo forgot how to speak. And he's just asking all the dumb questions. He's like, right. "Dude, you're asking you... what is this to the assignment? Look at the directions. Read IMDb, Coho. Find out what a fucking Muppet is." Okay, uh, go ahead, Zach. Try to keep it with under two minutes. Go ahead. Yo, um, I, I love Muppet movie. There is a very specific reason this is not on my list, and we can wait for that. Um, but this is the the like laid back, you know, lazy get high yeah. Muppet movie. This is they're definitely high this whole movie. If you want to see Kermit High, watch the Muppet movie. Um, it's, it's a it's a fucking jam. Um, and thank you, Bart, for letting me pay you so I can talk about as many Muppet movies on this um, thing as possible. Um, yeah, that's it. I'll leave it there. Be. Nope yeah, but does Lucas Schilbach have this logged? I'm trying to get on that bet of getting some money. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, go to your five. Uh, my number five was a yikes from earlier. It's the Princess Bride. Uh, this is, once again, this is a movie where it's it's very condensed when you think about it, but all of the characters really do get a chance to shine in this. Um, it's not like a big ensemble movie such as like a Nashville or a Magnolia. There's like a, there's like specific characters, but and a specific narrative, but all of those characters, literally all of them, steal the movie whenever they're in it. 
I believe this is the one with Miracle Max. Am I right, Cody? Tell me if the, is that is this the Miracle Max one? Um, I have a question for you. That's fair enough. But uh, I I would just start rattling off all of the actors in it and like all of the moments that they have. But all I'm just gonna say about this movie is, uh, is I'm just gonna ask if anyone wants a peanut. Uh, go ahead, Coho. You had this. Yeah, on this was my seven. This movie is great. Um, I have a lot of fun watching it. Um, I love the interactions between every single character, from Vinzini down to uh, what's his name, Vinzini. Fuck off. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, just Wallace Shawn. I love everyone in this movie. Um, I'm running out of energy at this point in the show, but I I love the Princess Bride. Um, what's the show? Maybe we got to top three and we're normally exactly. two hours. I don't I'm know how petering you out. The funny thing is, the funny thing is, the two people that put Princess Bride on the list are the two people in the free-for-all that missed Miracle Max. So that's, that's hilarious for me. That's this true. is just your guys' way to tell the community, I really do like the movie. See, it's on my list. Um, do I like the movie? I just mispronounced while Sean's character's name. That's true. Go to sleep. Um, I like this movie. I've already talked about it. It was on my top uh, ten of my favorite movie, so I won't go into detail. I like the movie. I don't know. Not really an ensemble movie at all. <laughs> uh, because it's uh, it's his story giving back to Buttercup. Everybody is like a driving force to him. Like, can, can I... For him. Can I just uh, like, like, you got 10 seconds. Okay. This is a movie where, yes, it focuses mainly on one story, but everyone in this movie gets to shine. So that's why I can... <clears throat> Ensemble. So incorrect. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I like the movie a lot. Uh, ensemble, not buying it. Um, Was everybody seen <laughs> No, not even close. Uh, but I'm not buying it. Uh, everybody on this call has seen this movie. Why did it not make your list? You have not seen the chat, hashtag not an ensemble. I, I, um, I somehow have not seen The Princess Bride, and I am ashamed of that, and I will try to repent my sins uh, sooner rather than later. You like it. I think you'd like it quite a bit. I, I just, yeah, again, not an yeah, ensemble. You, it's a great, amazing movie. Um, yeah. It's also, I, I might not have picked it anyway just because it's been talked to death in the community and on this show, um, so I probably would have avoided it. Yeah. But yeah, if it qualified, it might have made my list. Um, it's just there's a difference between best ensembles and best ensemble movie. Ensembles doesn't necessarily have to be about the the cast. I say it has to have multiple arcs, multiple character stories that you know matter. I do like the people that do come on the show and don't make me have to rant over the same movie every time they're on. So I appreciate that for you guys. I'm um, not one of those people. I, I believe me, I know, <laughs> but you helped me with the show, so I can't really fault you for that. That's your, your payback. Um, okay, so we're going to your Bars four. four. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, get ready. For, get ready to put up that hashtag. Uh, not an ensemble movie, but oh boy, I'm following my rules. Okay. Uh, Buried. <laughs> uh, almost it was my number 11 um, but no this is uh, do the right thing yikes oh, yikes. oh cool yikes Didn't, nope that one that one worked out <laughs> I'm yeah, confused you crossed over so you finally agreed at the end no offense uh, so Coho you're going to start us off three so my number three is the eggs from earlier was Inglorious Bastards um, so I had to eat crow this year because the first time I watched this movie, I thought it was fine. Uh, and I watched it again this year 
and this movie slaps. Um, I really enjoy it from Christoph Waltz to Brad. Brad Pitt is a national treasure in this movie. Uh, to the, the bar scene where you see Michael Fassbender and Diane Kruger and everyone uh, just interacting and it's super tense. To uh, Melanie Laurent, who I, I think is phenomenal in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't have to talk too much about Glorious Bastards because I think... I think everyone has seen it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. My favorite, my favorite part on the rewatch, I will say, is uh, Bongiorno, uh, and when he's doing that terrible uh, Italian accent attempt. Uh, it's so. not just an accent; it's just, just talking in Italian. I mean, right? You know what I mean. <laughs> you were acting. Really Who else has? Zach. I uh, had it at four. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I had um, Brad Pitt. As my number one actor, represented by Run Roll and Glorious Bastards, which everyone thought was fucking ridiculous, and you're all dumbasses, proven by the great Furia last year. But um, so this might be my break from Inglorious Bastards. I'm gonna put this in my um, in my timeout box for future shows. I don't talk about it too much, but it, it's wonderful. There's, you know, multiple um, people kind of changed um, narrative focus between um, you know who the lead is at the moment and each person is able to, you know, keep it as engaging and carried. Mel- Melanie Laurent is um, really fantastic. She probably has the most, you know, dramatic half to carry. Um, it's not quite as over the top and, and comedic as maybe Christoph Waltz or Brad Pickett's um, to have. Uh, Michael Fassbender steals the show for one scene, and that is one of the most thrilling scenes there is. So um, it just, the, its ability to, you know, hop from interesting character to interesting character to, um, you know, weave the story together. Um, still pretty tightly it is pretty impressive and it's just it, it, its ability to be amusing um, funny and just probably his most suspenseful movie at the same time um, it, it's a few so uh, it's my favorite Tarantino it probably would be higher if this is like one of two movies on my list I didn't watch this week so it probably dropped just because my one and two I watched in the past few days yeah, I'll save. I'll save a lot of people. Uh, I've talked about this on the show. I really enjoy this. It's in my top three. But Tarantino, um, I think this one is. Uh, it's it's so rewatchable. It's got a highs and lows um, in this movie. Um, yeah, I think the overall cast plays a huge factor into this entire movie. Um, so I have no problem with it being. I knew it would be high on Coho's list for sure, but because he finally decided to turn and say, "Oh, it's not. It's it's only good." So that was nice to hear. Um, everybody else, uh, you've probably seen Inglorious Bastards, but why did it not make your list? Um, so I, I, I have seen Inglorious Bastards, and of the, of the Tarantino movies that I have seen, this is my favorite of of, of his of his bunch. Um, I kind of forgot about it. I, I I guess it's been a while since I have rewatched it. Um, but yeah, Christoph Waltz as 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 the villain, um, and I, I personally love that like interrogation scene um, where the where the family's hiding on, under the table because I think that's one of the more thrilling um, thrilling aspects of of the movie. And I just I'm a sucker for that sort of um, that sort of movie. But yeah, it's it's really good. I think the tavern scene is the best scene Tarantino has ever made. Um, and I think this is definitely one of his best movies. Um, it's one that I don't have as strong of a relationship to, so it's not my favorite as of right now, but I think that might change as time goes on. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I, at first, I didn't really think of it as, as an ensemble movie, I, but I guess that's just because I think of it through the lens of Brad Pitt, where that's not really fair. Um, I think Londa and, and um, Shoshana have just as much screen time and attention to their, their characters. Um, so, yeah, it's an amazing movie. Um, just missed the cut. 
Uh, this is probably my second favorite Tarantino movie. Um, but what's it, it, it? Tarantino, as I have said before, is a director that usually I respect uh, and admire more than I personally love. Uh, so this is a movie that I really, really like, but I'm not as crazy about it as other people are. Okay. Uh, we are going, Zach, what's your three? Yo, my three is do the right thing. Yikes again. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn, what's your three? All right. Uh, get out the hashtag Donald's album movies in the chest. Uh I'm sure, I'm sure there was bets on whenever I was going to place this movie. Uh, one of my favorite movies I ever made. Uh, a Few Good Men. I will save your opening jabs. Uh, to call this an ensemble movie is, is, is kind of a stretch, but I think that there are so many relationships and so many aspects um, that 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 has to happen for this movie to work. I mean, this I, I did rewatch this uh, um, last week. Um, to just make sure that it that it is that is there. Um, this, I mean, if we're talking great movies. This would have been this would have been higher, but because of its it's not like a hundred percent an ensemble movie. I, I put it a little bit put it a little bit lower. Um, but there is, I think, uh, uh, Demi Moore as Joe Galloway does really does really have a chance to shine. And I love the conflict that she has between Tom Cruise and just, I mean, like Aaron Sorkin's script, it's essentially like an, like an intellectual game of chess where you said, where is it? Or in that courtroom, you have to be three, have to be, th be three steps ahead. Um, and I just love that thought process. And essentially just, if it's a, it's a strategic game of like how you want to, how you want to, how you want to handle things. And essentially I know that it's like, there'll be people saying, well, it is Tom, it is Tom Cruise's movie. He does all the interrogation. But I think, uh, I think, to be more and Kevin Pollock really as characters they have they have key aspects of this because they have they're kind of like to compare it to like I guess like Yu-Gi-Oh like they they're like they're like the supporting cards like your magic cards and your trap cards I I like it that way where they can sort of just off the top of my head that's the best way to describe it and then how can I not talk about fucking Jack Nicholson one of like I think Cinefix had had his monologue at the end as, as one of the as the greatest monologue ever um and I just, I'm, I love this movie. I love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah, I knew this would be on your list. Um, you can, yes, you can definitely argue that maybe it's not an ensemble because Tom Cruise and Nicholson are the main two. It's like, it's like a back and forth between those just two, and pretty much the other characters are side pieces. Like they're, they're there, but they don't really do anything but to tell him stop, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, I'm gonna do it anyways. Um, or to find more evidence. So I really enjoy this movie. I really like it. I'm not in love with the movie as much as you are. Like, I, I wish I would so like the. I wish I could see where you're like super love because knowing you as long as I did, I Cubidman still is always confusing. Like this is the movie, um, but I respect the choice. I knew it would be on here a little high, but I respect it. Um, everybody else on a few good men. Go ahead. If there were more men and they were better, I might have put this on my list, but there's only a few of them and they were just good. So uh, not quite good enough. No, um, it's a good you movie. Um, joke after I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, again, I just think it's so structured on Tom Cruise um, that it's, it's just, he, the arc, it's all his arc. Um, I guess there's sort of some Demi Moore stuff in there too, but like Kevin Bacon, Jack Nicholson, they don't, they're not really that um, central to the story. Um, also, are we sure Santiago didn't deserve to die? Whoa! Spoilers! <laughs> Fucking yikes! Wow! Uh, 
Um, I want to call some bullshit on Brooklyn. Um, as far as I've known Brooklyn, this is his favorite movie. Now you're calling it number three on an ensemble list. I'm doubting your authenticity. Um, so your whole list is invalid and Cody gives you an F. <laughs> I love this movie. He does movie. have a point. I love this movie, but um, yeah, it's more Tom Cruise's movie. Um, I respect you putting on the list, but Just being hung out to dry with this one. I've also been told to go see 12 Angry Men. And I'm yet, that is I've one actually yet to see this movie, which is kind of sad because I'm a huge Sorkin fan, so I need to see this movie. You know he wrote this on a bar napkin? Oh, my God. But I haven't oh seen it. God. I just want to be out broken. I wanted to make time for it, but uh, instead Paul made me watch a David Allen long movie. That we'll talk about later. That's not my fault. <laughs> All right, Zach. What's your three? No, it's me. Oh, it's you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We yikes. What's your um, three, Paul? So I talked about war movies earlier. Um, this is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, my favorite movie from one of my favorite directors. Uh, it's Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line. Um, this is one of the craziest cast for a movie ever assembled. Um, there's like 35 amazing actors in this movie. Um, and they're all integral to the story. And I think the way the movie lets you into all of their heads Um there's like at least eight different characters, I think, that get a narration or an inner monologue that's that's translated onto screen. And I love the way that you see the war through all these different eyes. And no soldier is really um, some random dude. You know, everyone's got someone's got everyone's got a family or or a, a moment in their past that's that's important to them, or a village to go back to, um, or a goal to achieve. And I love that um, you really feel that these are all individual people, and you see the effect that war has on all of them. Um, and when, you know, when the going gets tough, you get to see what kind of people they really are. Um, certain people respond differently. Um, but I just love how it takes all these different puzzle pieces and assembles this beautiful haunting portrait um, of sort of the realities of war. And it's done with such a simple battle where it's just them trying to take this hill. Um, and you see what, what it does to them, what they do to the, the people that they're fighting, um, the way that they handle it differently, success and failure. Um, and it's just... Again, it's it's what I think a war movie should be in essence is this totality of experience of a soldier um, and not a simple um, explanation. I think it's so beautiful and it's very long and I, it's not necessarily for everyone. It's super reflective, um, but I think it's just an incredible, incredible movie. Yeah, so when Paul told me make sure I watched, like this was one of the ones he included on there to make sure I've seen. It's one I've already watched. Um, it's always the confusion that I always like when people are like Saving Private Ryan should have won, but I find this movie this is so way better. better, so much better than Saving Private Ryan. So I like the argument. This is the way better war movie from that year. Uh, I am a hundred percent with you. It it tells such a unique story throughout all the characters and how in this movie it could easily have just pushed people to the wayside. It literally makes you care about pretty much all of them. So. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's it's one of the one of the like ones I automatically think of when I think of ensemble movies of uh, how many and like no real lead, just a group. Um, so I really like the choice. Um, everybody else on the thin red line, or are you all saving Private Ryan fans? And Brooklyn, there's the drink. Oh, actually neither. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, Cole's becoming like a member of like like a drunk down person. Yeah, he's like a conductor. He's just, he's just like 
thrown his hands all over the place. I'll just I, I haven't slept in like he must have Do you want me to okay. produce the show? You can leave. I got this. <laughs> Zach, I would trust you. Everybody off camera. I'm gonna talk about Deadpool for the next one hour. He must have not sleep. Yeah, he must be sleep deprived at this point. I haven't um, slept in three days, and that's not a joke. Yeah, what else you, okay, do? Uh, you are Cody. Bar. You uh, drank, so you haven't seen this. This Paul just keeps hitting those movies that I've been meaning to see and just haven't gotten to yet. He is he is super good, and I'll tell you, he really is. Um, uh, Zach, you've seen the program. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, and this is my favorite of the post seventies Malik. Really, when he reaches his um, you know, poetic filmmaking, more than cared about any kind of narrative, it's more about. Um, kind of themes and creating a poetic mindset of the characters that he's um really helping put his thoughts through um I, it's a it's a beautiful movie um i haven't seen it for a while so maybe on rewatch it would go up um there is something isolating about malik's filmmaking at times that can make it hard um to be something to rewatch. um i do want to take a moment for all the actors cut from the film um, I can't make it that There's like so many. If you just make <laughs> my number one on my list in five years is an inev- inevitable uh, movie where Terrence Matt just cuts all the narration he cut from all his movies. Um, so you get the Mickey Warwick <laughs> and Redline monologue and what, um, like Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I wanted. Yeah, it's a good pick. I approve. All right, Bar, what's your three? <sighs> Get your hashtags out. This is the one I put on my list that I knew might cause a problem for some people, but the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I kind of really deserve to be on this list. Uh, it's The Godfather. Yikes. Okay. Cool. I don't hate the dress, honestly. You're fine. No, I'm in time. Uh, shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, Coho, if you're still awake, what's your two? <laughs> He's not ready. To I'll just leave it. it right there. I'll leave it right there. My number two is Clue. Um, I, f- I, if you know me, I fucking love this movie. Um, I'm a sucker for group comedy, uh, and everyone in this, I think, is doing a great job playing off each other. Everyone has really great chemistry. I think the jokes are really smart, and I love murder mysteries. That's one of my favorite things ever. So um, Clue is is really high up there for me just as a movie. So when we got to ensembles, this was this was for a while my no brainer number one. Uh, but this is it's now fallen to two. I can put this on at any time. I actually got to watch it in a theater uh, and finally get to experience it and the multiple endings on a big screen last year, uh, and that was really fun. And uh, I was like one of three people in the theater, and I felt sad that there was more people. But I really enjoyed seeing it on a big screen. Um, yeah. yeah. Um. I really like this movie. <laughs> I really do. Uh, it may have been the age I saw it, or just I'm with you. I like the murder mystery comedy stuff, and I think this one is uh, really good. Um, I can get why some people just don't like it, because it's very cheesy and very over the top. But I think Curry is fantastic in this movie, and I think all the characters play a perfect piece into the game, like in into Clue. Uh, two may be a little high, little high. Like, I would respect it maybe 10 to 9, 8, but it is a couple list, so I can't hate the decision, but, um, yeah. No problem with Clue. Everybody else? I love Clue. Uh, I, I I think this movie is just a joy to watch. Um, 
I just like the other movies that I put on my list better. That's all. But why? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we. I'll, 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 <laughs> no, no, I'll talk to you. Bar is anti-color. Bar is anti-color. Um, I, I <laughs> made <laughs> the characters. Don't, don't throw that around. Just don't the characters. Care. I don't know what, what are you assuming. But anyway. you hate people. I love the, the Dicky Appellum one, two, three. So how dare you? Okay, okay. We're not going. Can we talk about floppy mustaches that aren't colors. That was there. Pause. 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 That was last week's episode. I am not going down the racist rabbit hole again. We are not doing that. I never made stories. Um, so please, uh, unless uh, yeah. you have a problem with anyway, tribal not being in something, Clue's <laughs> great. Um, I think this is the best um, rendition of modern slapstick. Um, not since the 60s, I think, has, has slapstick been this well realized. I love the physical comedy of, of it all. And I love Leslie Ann Warren in this movie is Miss Scarlet is probably my favorite character. Um, but again, I, I think this is a great ensemble movie. Um, just doesn't hit me the same way that the rest of the movies on my list did. I may have seen Clue. I don't, I don't know. In high school <laughs> or like my brother watched it. It might have been all. Was the laptop 15 minutes, degrees this time? Movie. You could like, I play see it. Lots of Clue. It might have ruined like all the friendships we have because me and my wife take it way too serious. I have like, it takes me six sheets to take notes. Um, of like every word a person says, um, you can't fuck with me and Clue. I'll destroy all of you. Um, if you beat me, I'll watch the movie. Is that a challenge? Internet clues. Let's go. Game night. Brooklyn. <sighs> Zach. No, Zach's, Zach's, Zach's two. Yeah, sorry. Well, I was asking if he's seen it. Of course, he hasn't. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> What's your two? My number two stays in confused. It was um, yikes earlier. Um, out of the way. Stays in confused. The name of my memoir. Um, actually, my memoir is aiming for bees. We can talk about that later. It's coming out next year. Um, stays in confused is is you know one of the top five rewatchable movies for me. Um, you know it, it has resonated with me. Um, through so many different generations of my life where I could find a new way to relate to it, including when I was like 13 and didn't even have friends um, because I just like played football by myself and tackled myself on the ground. This is a long story, but um, the fact that I was able to still relate to that, um, even though I wasn't living that life was amazing to where like college, like fully on was dazed and confused for me. I know um, Slater, like that kid went to my college and it was an intense experience. <laughs> um, but and I think that's the, um, you know, great part of Days and Confused is that there's he captures so many different kind of identities that um, can seem like characters up front, but um, have enough depth given to them that they they are real people. And um, really, the humanity given to how these um, different kinds of people and communities interact. Um, once again, that was very much like my college, and a lot more. Um, you know, I think. Humanistic than high school movies, which usually likes to to divide those cliques. And this is more about the connection of the society. Even when they're like beating kids' ass, they didn't give them a beer to go drink with them afterwards. Um, and I think that's what makes it such a likable, you know, fun movie. Um, it's my top Richard Think letter. Um, so it's great. My number two. I'm done, Cody. I want to dance. Uh, this is my number four. Um, That's the worst line in the movie, but go this ahead. Is the, it's the funniest line in the movie. Um, no, I think this movie is amazing. I think a lot, like in large part, because of the sort of forgotten actors in this movie, the actors that never became anything, um, 
I love Sasha Jensen. This movie is Don Dawson. It's hilarious. There's the scene where he's in the classroom trying to get the girl to come out with them, and he's like he's like flicking his tongue at her, and just, and he starts flirting with the teacher. There's so many memorable characters and moments, and I think this movie is just about creating atmosphere in such a satisfying and interesting way. Um, it nails that high school experience of just someone's coming by in a car. You don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're going. You just hop in um, and see what's going to happen. Um, and I think that's kind of what high school experience was like for a lot of people. It's just this unplanned, um, you know, people figuring out things as they go along. But I just love each character um, is, again, so distinct. And I think that's important in an ensemble movie is for you to know this person is this person. Um, this is what they're about. And I think that it, it really shows you that in such a small amount of time for each of them. Um, and the one character that is like truly, truly unlikable very much gets their comeuppance. I won't spoil that for Coho's sake. Um, but uh, that's one of the best parts of the movie um, is O'Banion and his resolution. Um, yeah, it's great hang movie. It's one of the best soundtracks um, ever. Uh, the timing of each song and when it hits and um, what songs are, are where is, is amazing. Um, every Again, every character is memorable. This is just a movie that is just a fun experience to be in and you just want to go on this ride over and over again. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's very simple, but that's kind of what makes it great. It's not trying to be overly deep or anything. It's just being reflective and real um, of a moment in time in people's lives. Yeah, uh, I've talked about this before. I think I'll have to watch both of them a little bit more, but I kind of like uh, Everybody Wants Some a little bit more, but that may be just because of the, the subject matter, the subject matter of it, and that may be my own bias of it. Um, a person that's hosted the show a couple times thinks this is one of the worst movies ever, ever made. Um so this, when the statutory rapist is the best part of your movie, that's a problem with your movie. Um, I really enjoy this movie. I've talked about it on the show before. I think this movie is real, like really funny. I think it's, I, I can see why some people have a problem with it. Like, I hate the argument right now. It's not aged well for all these movies that say, like, they're just, that now makes them bad. Like, I get it. In today's society, you may cringe a little bit, but it still takes away. Some of the movies are really good. Um, uh, Brooklyn was shaking his head. Coho already told me he didn't see it, so tell me why this didn't make your list. Um, yeah, uh, so I, w- I was actually made, uh, my wife made me watch this uh, last year, the year before, um, and it's, it's it's really good. This was actually on my short list of, of ensemble movies. Um, I completely agree with Paul. The soundtrack is, is great and incredible. Um, I just happened to like uh, eleven more movies uh, that days. The days are confused, and I I definitely need to rewatch it again because it is a very laid back approach, and it sort of fits to I guess my I wouldn't say my lifestyle, but just like uh, your mindset. Kind of. Yeah, my mindset. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This is one of those movies I've just never been able to get through. Um, I've tried... you never watched it all the way through. Like you no, never watched even... it all. The, never watched it all the way through. Um, it's like eighty minutes. Goodness, all right. I, there's I movies know, I hate that I can get. Through. I don't understand that. It's such an easy watch. It's not like it's crazy. It's not. I hostile. watched all of the Muppet Wizard of Oz last week. You can watch fucking it. Just like to be to, to be fair, I've never like <laughs> sat down and been like I'm going to watch this movie. It's just kind of one of those movies that like I've tried watching when it's on and it's, I just didn't connect. With it. Wow. I will find a time where I will sit down and like 
say I'm going to watch this movie and then just watch it all the way through. Fair, I refer to bars as the best list of my life for my movie. Then watch the movie because like I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Brooklyn, what's your two? Uh, so my number two was the X from earlier, uh, and that is The Godfather. Is this cliched? Yes. Is it? A, uh, is it? A, I guess a stretch of an ensemble movie. I guess. I guess so. But I like. I mean, it sort of. It sort of focuses on, on Marlon Brando Brand, and, and Al Pacino. Uh, but this movie is really, really goddamn good. Um, the first like half or so is is a like a bit of a bit of a grind. I watched this for the first time um, last year or the year the year before, um, and like. I think it just sits so well ingrained into pop culture where those moments have sort of come into come into the mainstream where I like take the cannoli, like I'm gonna make him an offer, he can't can't refuse. Like those things came in. And then the second half just sort of blew me away in terms of terms of expectations. Uh James Conn is actually my favorite performance in the movie. Uh, I, I got a lot more respect for him after this. Um Robert Duvall, he's he's great, he's great in, in it as well. I mean like Gangs, like gangsters and a mob culture in general, it isn't just one person; it's an entire entire operation. And just watching them, watching them grow and grow and progress, like it's it's a classic for a reason. Like, yes, it is cliche, but I think this needs some recognition. And I had it at number three. Um, this is definitely a movie where uh, most of the family members really have their own moments. Um, like, especially when Sonny goes over uh, and he just like he's just wailing on the dude who um I I'm blanking on Carlo? his name. Thank you, Carlo. All the uh, punches that he hits him with. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. Um but like he he has his time to shine. Robert Duvall has his time to shine. Obviously Al Pacino has time to shine and Marlon Brando has his time to shine. Um is it is it like an ensemble movie in the sense of like other uh movies such as um, Nashville or like that kind of thing. No, not really, but it is a movie where like the family is important. Um, oh, and um, John, John Cazale. Uh, amazing. We done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was I'm short. Trying to keep it, short. it was short. I, I don't mean, know what I mean, no, I mean, I'm just... I've, the Godfather. I think I've done. I've done forty six of these, and I think Godfather has been brought up. Probably retirement. You should have a box. You put movies in. Gone forever. As oh. I'm the producer of the show now. Can I, can I do that? I, while I, I you think it's off your list, Cody, but it keeps dragging you back <laughs> you in. Lady, it keeps dragging Lady you Bird. back in. So no, no, all in there. Oh, no. you should Fire. do it. Um, okay, so yeah, I've already said what I said. I think Godfather is amazing. I'm gonna lean a little bit closer that I'm okay with this being chosen as an ensemble. I think there's a lot of screen time share. I think Pacino gets a lot of it near the ending, like it's basically turned into his stuff. But I'm with you, like James Con, all these characters, fantastic through and through. Love the movie. Can't say anything negative about the movie. I really enjoy it. But I can understand people's gripes of saying, well, it's really Pacino's. It's really cons at that point. I get it, but I enjoy it a lot. Um, everybody else? Oh, you haven't seen Godfather, have you? Uh, I have. Uh, I just didn't oh. consider it an ensemble movie. 
I just love that Mark Al Martino as Lucas Schobach in this movie, the as as Lucas Schobach, aka Johnny Fontaine, is uh, one of the best parts. Is one of the best (laughs) parts of this movie. We have a celebrity guest, Johnny Fontaine, driving in the chat right now. Oh my god! So Lucas Schobach never makes that movie. Um, No, this is one of my favorite movies. Again, I just think this is Michael's story through and through. Um, It's not about the family it's about michael michael is the central figure and where everything orbits around all and I think about that, the family well yes all but also it's about family. michael ultimately um and i just think that it's not that much of an ensemble i love a lot of the like the side performances like i love sterling hayden and then basically every movie um but yeah just not an ensemble for me one of the great movies ever and one of my favorites but yeah it's, it's not on this list and plus it'll be on many lists to come and has been on many lists before so i felt fine living enough Zach, quick. I have nothing to say. Paul stole my joke. Fair. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on. We are going to Paul. What's your two? I already know your two. Go my ahead. number two is from earlier. Uh, yo, Mookie, stay black. It's do the right thing. Um, this, I think, is not my favorite Spike Lee movie, but I think it is his best movie, and it is the most Spike Lee, Spike Lee movie. Um, it is the perfect distillation of everything that his career is about, everything that he's interested in. Um, and every character is so integral to the story, I think, and they all really get equal time. Um, from Bugging Out to Radio Rahim to Sal, um, even his sons um, to Mookie, um, I just think that they're all such important parts of this this puzzle. Um, I love the way that temperature is portrayed in this movie, how hot it looks. Like you sweat just watching this movie. Um, you want to jump in the, the fire hydrant right with them. And I love I love the ending. I think it's so powerful. The way that it puts a mirror up to the audience and forces you to sort of um, reflect on yourself and, and what your interpretation of those events are. Um, it's weirdly somewhat like simultaneously one of the funniest movies, but also one of the most serious and sad. Um, it's got a great central song with Fight the Power by Public Enemy. It's just got so many elements that are so amazing. And every character is is just p- like pitch perfect. Um, I love it, especially Giancarlo Esposito. Um, and Bill Nunn are like my two favorite parts of the movie, but I just think it's all so actually done, actually woven together in this. Yeah, it's amazing. Spoilers to my number one pitch perfect. <laughs> two or three? Uh, who else has uh, Zach had it on your list, right? Yeah, I have. It, I have it at three, um, and I think Bar had it as well. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm I'm going to keep it real short because I have a side note I want to go in, but. No one knows how to frame a shot like Spike Lee. Beautiful movie to look at. Um, he captures New York City and Bed-Stuy, which I unfortunately referred to as Belfast yesterday. That was a mistake. Uh, he, he, he captures it wonderfully. Um, and Spike Lee should have been in more movies because um, he's just great to watch on screen. Maybe not a great performance, but he's just a great, you know, um, kind of person to, to watch. Uh, um, side note about Spike Lee. So Spike Lee wrote a baby book. I have a baby board book by Baby Eats on. It's called Please Baby Please. Um, this is like a weird appropriation of a line that Spike Lee trying to get sex and she's got to have it. We goes, please, baby, please, baby, 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 please. And now it's about a kid getting a bathtub. So Spike Lee, you know, capturing that kid audience. And then my kid's going to go up and watch She's Gotta Have It, watch all that fucking happening in that movie. And be like, I know that line. It's about bath time. And then it'll stay clean. <laughs> uh, the- Why do I always have to follow you? Um, Please talk. 
there are so many great characters in this movie. Um, we talked about Bugganow. We talked about Radio Rahim. But there's also the mayor. Um, there's the uh, mayor. Dumb, okay, my apologies to the mayor, um, Mr. Senior Love Daddy, um, and everyone. You're Paul's right. The way that everyone just kind of like comes together at the end um, is like this beautiful, like quilt that's being woven, and all the pieces are finally coming together. Um, especially, and the one scene where everyone's just like yelling at the camera as the camera's zooming in on them just perfect i misspoke spike lee's best movie is actually the nba 2k16 my career mode <laughs> a spike lee joint <laughs> rest in peace Vic van leer that's all i have to say boss Kiat, best album ever. hey don't don't hate on that career mode quality quality career frequency mode. vibration <laughs> okay um uh okay Okay, I love uh, I love this movie. Uh, it is not my favorite Spike Lee movie. Um, my favorite Spike Lee movie is Malcolm X, but uh, but I agree with this. This is when you said this wasn't going to be an ensemble. I said no. I definitely think there are so many different uh, characters throughout this. I can't say much more than what you guys said. I think you captured it perfectly. I have no problem with this not being on your list. One person just saw it today, I believe or this week, um, and the other person I know hasn't seen this movie. So, Brooklyn, uh, what are your thoughts on this movie? So, I have, I did see, I have seen Duke do the right thing, and I'm so conflicted, I guess, because I'm not sure how I fully feel about it. I need to re- I need to see this a couple more times, because I think this is one of the more unique sort of storytell- storytelling um, methods of, of a movie. It, he, does, he does some really, it, it, I wouldn't say innovative, but he does some really cool things in it that I, that I do admire. Um, I, I put it in my letterbox review. This is essentially the movie that Crash wanted to be, um, where it's a sort of, a, it's it's a conflicting thing about, about race, and it's 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 good. Um, I, I think in terms of like favorite characters, I think I loved Demare. He is, the, I feel like, the most genuine, and I think he is sort of like the, like I think second to senior love daddy, he is sort of the heart and soul of, of the movie, but yeah, I need to watch this a couple more just to sort of get my head fully wrapped around it. Okay. I have not seen this movie. I know. Um, okay, so we're going bar. What's your two? Uh, my number two is a yikes from earlier. It's my favorite comedy of all time. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Um, just the way that all of these characters come together and the journey that they all go on, but in their own separate direction as you follow each one of them trying to get this money. It's so it's so good because you're able to have all of these multiple storylines, but you're able to follow them. And then these storylines branch off into other storylines. Like you follow Jonathan Winter's character and it branches off into the, into the Silver's character. Um, and each and every one of these characters is so funny. Like uh, J- uh, Jonathan Winters and Sid Caesar are being two of the, uh, the biggest standouts in my opinion, even though Buddy Hackett and uh, Mickey Rooney their storyline is it's a lot of fun um and it it's just an amazing movie to watch now because as i said to find storylines that branch into other storylines but it's still easy to follow and really funny that that's a marvel right there so i think this movie is amazing i thought you were going to say that's a more <laughs> it is a more <laughs> 
That's a new catch line. It's a boy. Didn't Coho have this? I did not have this. I, I, I had it. I had, oh, it, I, I had, I had it by ten. Yeah. So I watched this movie um, uh, last week or the week before because I knew that, that like this. I know this is one that I had to watch to sort of have in consideration. Um, I don't find it as funny as the rest of the people do. I, 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 I'm not. I don't watch a, a lot of classic classic movies, so I don't. I feel like I don't have the proper appreciation for like all the aspects of it. I do love how it how it balances all the characters and it makes you really care for for all of them as they spread out and go on their different adventures. Um, this actually has some really good shots, like good action shots. Um, and I think I think a lot of people talk about how like there is actually some really good stuff in that aspect. Um, and I personally love the relationship between um, I forget who I forget what his name is, but it's the it's the guy who um, it's the guy who what's his face beats up in in the, at the garage or whatever, and then he oh, goes God. off and, and then and then the kid the kid sort of convinces him to go into the lake and then he runs off or whatever. Um, I love that relationship because I think that is that that is the funniest. But uh, yeah, I think if I watched it a little more, it would be higher. What do you mean? Watch it a little more. This fucker's pushing three and a half, three and a half hours. You can't watch it more. You have to dedicate your life to this movie. I've There's it so times. bar, and I'm sorry, wrong. Um, it doesn't matter what you say. I just, I feel like this movie. There's so much you can cut this, cut down to this movie to make it like a better movie. I think. Like, I get it. It's just like, it's just, it's definitely when you said I. I need to watch it again for the humor. You're right, Brooklyn. You're not the only one. It didn't really land for me either. I saw it last year, and I wasn't like super. I one. I had to watch the damn thing in three parts. Like my wife was like, "Are you still watching this movie?" At one point, I'm like, "Yes, it's still going on." Um, so I don't find it that great. I I respect it, I guess, but not really. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I've only seen the two and a half. Well, where the fuck's that version? Um, uh, so yeah, uh, no, thank you. It's a mad bad. You're fucking mad for putting this on your list. Uh, who else? Does anybody else so like Cody's right? It, it is. Like it is a long, long, movie. long, long movie. Um, it's pretty good. I think it's a fun hang. I've also never connected with the humor too much. I don't find it super funny. Um, but I think it is like a remarkable achievement in terms of like the scale of the characters and of this journey of all of them. Um, it's just never been one that I've been super fond of, and like I haven't really laughed that much at this movie. Um, it's good, like I'll, if it's on TCM or something, like I'll watch, you know, like a forty-five minute stretch of it. But it's not something that I re- that I personally find myself wanting to return to. So I I haven't seen it, but I do want to put my Paul Yama shoes on for a second and say. Um, it's just not passionate enough. I would have preferred it if it was called "It's a Furious, Furious, <laughs> Furious World." <laughs> nice. Cool. I haven't seen it. Oh, what a shock! Okay. No, he uh, has. By the way, the the average run, the average uh, star rating is three and a half. So about the run length is where the movie caps out. Of. Okay, uh, we are going to everybody's one coho. Can you be awake? Can you be awake? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So number one, I'm gonna get so much shit for this. Knives out. Uh, so I think this is the best script of the two 2010s, maybe the 21st century. Um, it's a phenomenal screenplay from Ryan Johnson. Uh, it's 
brilliantly told. The jokes all land. The characters are all fully realized. I think uh, I focus a lot on the performance by the cast. I think Knives Out's cast is on peak. Everyone is on all cylinders. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it literally ticks every box. It's an original murder mystery. Uh, it's an original colorful cast and a lot of great performances. Um, and it's it's literally a movie that was made for me to love it. And it, and I do. Um, yeah. Recently biased. Call it what you want. Uh, yeah, it's, movie. it's not the... Uh, it definitely is. You're high. Uh, it's not, not what I would consider the best movie of 2019 because that would be Parasite. Uh, but I think that this would be... This one fit more into the definition of ensemble movie for me based on the parameters that was given to me by Cody Newberry. Based on the parameters given to me by Cody Newberry, this was my ensemble movie, uh, and I fucking love it. So, so what you're whoa, saying is it, it's, whoa, it's a definitive whoa, 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 whoa. You watch your fucking mouth. My show, I talk first. No, you place. <laughs> Just because you hosted once doesn't mean you get to overshoot. What did you say about me at the end? I said based on the parameters of ensemble that I was given, this is my number one easy. I didn't give you any parameters. I just said know what an ensemble movie was. Uh, take that back. Okay. Um, okay. I'm actually going to do something very unconventional. Uh, I'm going to let the, <laughs> the panel have this one because I think you guys are going to roast more than I will. I love this movie. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to defend Coho for putting it at number one of overall because that's pretty high. I really do enjoy this movie. I think it is, it is one of my favorites. I think it was my top three of last year, like I really enjoyed this movie. Um, best ensemble of like all time to put it as one already is yikes. And I don't think, I think if you would have just said, I really enjoyed it, this movie was made for me, we're good. But then you threw some fucking allegations out there that are stupid. 21st century easy. I am going to back out and everybody, whoever wants to go first, please take it one at a time, talk orderly. And be respectful as best you possibly can. Of the 21st century, Coho? Easily. I love this movie. I, I really enjoy this movie. But to call it one of the best screenplays of the 21st Not century. One of, Not just one of. He didn't say one, one of. The. I'm sorry. You're, you're not helping yourself by pointing that out. Um, first of all. This movie centers around Anna de Armas' character. It is her movie. Absolutely her movie. And then if you wanted to throw Benoit Blanc in there, like, maybe their movie. But no, this is not... It's not an ensemble movie. Everyone else in there has, like, little bits and pieces, but they don't have their moments to really shine. Um, That's what this movie is! No, I think no, no, just no. because Coho didn't connect to Andrew Armis' character and connected so much more. Jaden Martell, 100% is who Coho like, is who so so connected to. Jamie Lee Curtis's character is wasted in this movie. There is so You're much so that you could have done. Wait, no, the, the real allegory in the movie is Coho is the detective and Ryan Johnson is Benoit Blanc and he's just following him around. Um, losing his mind over what he's doing, apparently. Um, this is a real fun movie. It is, like, maybe one of the five best ensembles of 2019. Maybe, if you if you count it an as an ensemble, which I don't. Um, it's centered around a specific character. Um, this isn't even Ryan Johnson's first or second best screenplay of the 21st century, so that's also uh, an interesting opinion to have. 
Uh, Cole, you can you can look up at us uh, when we're talking. I can't uh, look at you right now. <laughs> you're disgusting, Paul. It's <laughs> just not that. You like the screenplay like smart. The screen the screenplay smart. Um, and it is very aware of murder mystery movies, past, present, and future, and it does interesting things with that. Uh, but it's just not that amazing, and that's just a insane. It has so much more to say than just being a run-of-the-mill murder mystery. I didn't say that it was. I said it was smart and it's self-aware of what it is and how it operates in the genre. But that also does not make it the greatest screenplay of 2019, let alone. No, but it has a lot more to say than you're not giving it credit for as a screenplay. It does, but it's pretty basic. Like it's not that insightful, that thoughtful as it as it, people want to think it is. Um, I know rich people suck, and that we should be, you know, more thoughtful for um, people of different classes. Fucking, I get it. Um, anyways, I understand Coho likes it more than us because he's the only one to pop out of his mom's room last year um, and saw a knife for the first time. Like it's sharp. I like knives in movies. It, it moves on screen. It's a moving picture. Um, so I get it. You've seen 10 movies and it stood out. It's definitely, you know, better than Jumanji 2. So, great. Is it? Jumanji 3. Is it? <laughs> Level. I'm just kidding. So, I saw this a few days ago, and I thought Marriage Story was the most overrated movie of 2019. Oh, then I saw Knives Out. This is fine. Brooklyn are borderline fence takes no. right now. Borderline no, no. no, this no, this is fine at best. Um, this movie has twists for the sake of twists. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, where it's like, sure they take a twist, but it's like you know they're just gonna, it's like they're gonna double twist, double twist things. I'm and it sorry, just... John Favreau doesn't bake you an omelet and talk about how hard it is to be a chef. Kill Coho, Sammer. Let me, Simmer? Let me finish what I'm going to say. This doesn't, yeah, it just it doesn't let its twits like breathe. It just goes, it's just like this way, then this way, then this way. And it just like you don't believe anything that happens because you know they're gonna double they're gonna double back on it. The ending is like I was just underwhelmed. I, I completely agree. Jamie Lee Curtis is is completely wasted in this movie. That entire side family. I think is I, I, I think is I think is wasted. It's I fine. Refuse to listen I understand. I understand the opinions of someone who says Ratatouille is the worst Pixar movie. By what is not the worst in? Pixar movie, the most overrated. When this Fuck movie was coming out, people were like, "This is one of the best ensembles ever put together." I'm like Don Johnson, that's what gets your fucking go. Like put Don Johnson, Amy. Yeah, they're fine, but like He's before great. the movie, like I'm so excited to see these people together. I'm like no, I need Brad Pitt eating a sandwich with George Clooney as a better ensemble than fucking Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson yelling at each other. Um, it's not. It, 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 I do want to say that Zach eat some <laughs> fucking cookies. I do want to take this time to say that Anna de Armas needs to be in more movies. She's already in like three movies coming out this year. Next year, maybe. Two of them are on Netflix, so we'll see. Fair. I will not eat one iota of shit for having this at number one. <laughs> you already did. You already yeah. swallowed it Here's all before you put this on the list. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? Um, okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, no. I was not, like... I get it. Say what you want. If you put it as your number one, but you said some outlandish shit, and I couldn't defend you anymore beyond that. So, Brooklyn, no offense. 
for you having takes on this. <laughs> no, because you have some really hot takes yourself. Um, but everybody else. Okay, that's cool. Uh, let's go to Zach. What's your one? Who the fuck you think you're talking to? It's the Muppets, baby! Muppets 2011! The only ensemble that ever mattered to our lives. What do we need in the time of crisis? It's fucking, not the, like, high Kermit singing Rainbow Connection on a boat, which is fucking great, but no, the full, joyful Rainbow Connection on a mass stage with Miss Piggy. It's an epitome of joy. Um, they... The Muppets were like formed, you know, as an ensemble of how well they worked together, captured, you know, different personalities to play off and, and create jokes. Um, and I think this movie, let me get my head in the screen. Hey, baby. Um, this movie, <laughs> better than others, um, integrated its human cast more rather than just kind of being the um, cameos. Um, really put them in and help the, this world really make sense as like i can see these people um existing with muppets because they're you know amy adams is a muppet of a human so am i um and it just works perfectly and, and i watch this anytime um that i start to get you know pissed at existence in society um like right after coho picking knives out i felt like i needed to watch the muppets so i could feel you know better about life um and remember that there's joy out there Sometimes we want to pick serious movies, you know, as the best movies of all times because they say something about grief or they say something about classes. Um, but sometimes movies need to say something about joy and nothing says like the Muppets um, and like these songs and fuck it, Muppets are great. I love you all. Goodbye. I'm a man. Are you? I have a beard and or no you thank you. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it. Probably won't ever watch it. Not a big deal. My Asshole. kids put it up. My kids would put it on. I uh, will probably watch it. Um, and like Paddington Two for me. Like Paddington ah! One, they put it on. I love Paddington Two, so maybe it will catch me one day when we just not putting it on myself. I feel very weird if I'm just sitting at home watching the Muppets movie. It just doesn't seem like right for me. Like mother-in-law stuff. Right? What the fuck are you watching? The Muppet? Yeah, <laughs> enjoying my life. Uh, so no thanks. Um, everybody else on Muppets. I know this is one that everybody probably is. Maybe. I accept that. I accept Paul, which I respect. Um, go ahead, talk about the Muppets. Um, I have, yeah, I have, I have seen it. Um, if we're talking, if we're talking Muppets movies, I would probably go uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, but, but yeah, this is probably my third favorite Muppet movie. Um, I think the Muppet movie is the Happy better. Time Murder is number one. Easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, number one of all time. Uh, but I, I really like this movie a lot. However, I think that as much as I really do like, um, the human characters, I feel like sometimes the human characters take away from the Muppets, uh, in this movie as compared to the Muppet movie. Um, I like this, as, as I said, I like this movie, but I not enough. Next. <laughs> so... When you make a list, you have to pick movies you've seen. Um, and this was not on my list. Um, but I finished it like 20 minutes before we started this call. And I was actually kind of blown away by it. Like, I really went in expecting it to just be kind of okay. But I was just really, I don't know. Like, I, you can make faces if you want, Cody, and that's, that's fair. Um, I was just really moved by it. And I think maybe it's the stressful times we live in. 
Um, but I just think that from from um, number to number, I think that the music is kind of amazing. And I was like really surprised by how much I love the music and the characters um, and even characters that I don't necessarily have this big connection to. I think it might be even stronger if you have this history with the Muppets where like you've been on this journey with them and this is their sort of revival. But like to me, I was still like really, really, really into this movie. Um, and it's one of the best like first time watches I've had all year. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like going in being like, yeah, I'm sure like it'll be cool. It'll be like a solid three and a half star. Um, but this is like a kind of amazing movie. And like, I'm pretty surprised. Like, I'm pretty surprised by how much I liked it, I guess. Maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. Blown away. I honestly was. When I was eight years old and watched no. the commercial of Muppet Show VHSs, I was blown away too. Coho, Muppet. <laughs> what? Muppet? Uh, <laughs> sorry, a lot of messages going on right now. Uh, I'm here. The Muppets is good. I'm not the biggest Muppets fan. Sorry, Zach. Um, but I don't apologize, Sam. You card apologize to Nazario. Um, yeah, you're right, Nazario. I'm sorry that I don't like the Muppets. No, you should apologize to every every movie you have on the list that doesn't have that does have Lee Schreiber. What are you doing? Okay. Um, Brooklyn's uh, we number will one. Go right? to uh, yeah, Brooklyn's number one. Not a few good men. No, I think I think some people will be pleasantly surprised what number one is. It's Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. Um, yeah, so I think one of the best ways to capture ensemble uh, ensemble films, and I think just to, that, that general team aspect, is just to have something very grand. And Lord of the and like especially with Fellowship of the Ring is is really just grand. And I was I was blown away at how much I, I how much I, I enjoyed it. Like I'm not a I'm a nerd, but I'm not a not like a massive like high fantasy sort of literature nerd. Um, but it was I think it just it just it blew me away at how how interesting it was. Um, and you talk, and you talk about like, uh, like Leg like Legolas and, and Gimli and then like Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving and just and like how 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 they sort of shift back back and how they shift back and forth and they really get they really do a good job of telling you as much as as you can about like the lore and sort of and sort of the universe sort of the universe in general where you get where like you you ask it you ask anybody like who's your favorite character like well like like frodo isn't isn't the go-to answer like you have like gandalf will probably be, be my favorite character but then there's like aragorn and like and like legolas and like legolas and gimli have a really have a really fun like like budding budding relationship and then there's just so many aspects to there's so many branches on a tree i guess to to to, to go to go off of and like you know, I um, I, yeah, I was surprised at how at how, how much I liked, it. and I think this is, I this isn't necessarily my favorite movie, but in terms of ensemble, um, I think I think high fantasy and especially Lord of the Rings is is the way to go. Well, I'll tell you, no two towers. It's my favorite one, uh, personally. I love the two towers. Um, not saying this one's bad. This is I I really I really love this movie. Um. I'm surprised? No, I'm not. Can't say that. I'm not surprised that it came from you because it couldn't come from anywhere else. Um, so I kind of respect the choice. I really enjoy this movie a lot. Um, it's got something. It's. I always love starting the journey for the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, and I think this one is like the perfect joint uh, jump off. I won't go through all the list of characters like you did, but I'm with you. Like. Everybody gets a moment, like pretty much in this movie. I mean, it is you can say it's Frodo's journey, and that's fair to say. 
but everybody has a piece and everybody has a an arc through those movies. So I like where it starts. I can't hate you for it. I love it. Maybe number one, a little too high, but I definitely do enjoy it. Uh, everybody else on fellowship of the ring. Coho, you don't, I mean, three stars. I don't um, really care for this movie that much. Move along. Surprised man. I'm surprised. So I, uh, notoriously fell asleep during every Lord of the Rings movie and every Hobbit movie in theory. At least the Lord of the Rings movies, I was like 12 when it came out. Um, I may need to go to a doctor, guys. I, I can't stay awake. <laughs> um, so I, I have no real statement. I need to rewatch it. I fell asleep when I saw in theaters at 12. That's my experience. Uh, yeah, so I'm obviously uh, someone known in this community for not being um, very pro Lord of the Rings, um, but I um, may or may not have rewatched this recently. Um, and was actually like really impressed by how quickly the three and a half hours moves. Um, and the music was something that stood out to me this time. Um, I don't know if I identify with the characters as much. Maybe it's just because I don't have a connection to this world in the same way. Um, but I don't necessarily connect with the ensemble as much. There's some characters that like, just like Pippin just bothers me too much, just pisses me off doing annoying shit. Like I get it. Um, but it, it's a really good movie. And I was like surprised by how good it was the most recent time that I've seen it. Um, so I, I still always prefer Two Towers. That's always been my favorite. Um, but this is a pretty, like, it's an actually interesting um, and I think pretty worthwhile pick as far as, like, a number one that uses all those characters in such, like, this grand way. Um, so I, I, I have a lot of respect for this choice. Um, I, this, is, this is a movie that I, this is a movie that I enjoy, but I don't necessarily love. Um, <clears throat> so... I mean, I'm not going to fault you for putting it on the list. I think it's a little high, but I'm not going to fault you for putting it on the list. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Shut your face. Zach, what are you doing? Yeah, let's see where we are, but I'm going to the restroom. Did he just blow kiss? Okay, um, so we're at number one of Paul Oyama. Yeah, so uh, Brooklyn brought up a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Um I am countering with mine, I think, one of the great epics of all time. Koho had a movie with a number in the title earlier. I chose a superior one. Um, the movie Seven Samurai. Um, you know, I wasn't really interested in, in stopping being on brand for this episode. Um, it's my favorite filmmaker. Um, and it's actually not my favorite movie of his, but I just think that the way that these seven come together um, and the way that the rest of the cast sort of is filled out um, is what makes the movie so remarkable and why the end of the movie is so moving if you haven't seen it. Um, it's just this ragtag group of men who are, who are, you know, assembled by these farmers in, in, in such a way that it's not, they don't start together and they start as such different people, but the way that they move as a unit, um, towards the middle of the movie is really what makes the movie great. Um, and I love the way that the characters interact with each other. And I think that like their relationship as it develops over time, is kind of what separates, um, the movie from sort of similar epics and that I think it is very character driven um, even though it's it's about a big battle and characters fighting in these is um, in a pretty like somewhat like large scale battle. But I think again, just the way that they come together, the way that all these characters um, are so unique as well. You see these little touches that make them different. Um, but yeah, I just want to like shout out all these these actors, like actors that don't aren't necessarily well known in the states. Um, you know, Tashiro Mifune is obviously like my favorite actor, but Takashi Shimura and Daisuke Kato, um, Isao Kimura, like it's just an amazing filled out cast. Um, that all leave their mark in this movie in such a satisfying way. And that's what makes really the movie, what strings the movie together and why you care so much from beginning to end. 
Um, I'm, you know, I know that a bunch of people probably haven't seen this movie. Um, and it's got, it's daunting. Like it's, you know, one of those movies that you're like, oh, uh, like it feels like homework. Um, but I think it's a super worthwhile journey to go on. Um, and is visually and storytelling wise, like one of the most remarkable film achievements, even though it's again, it's not my favorite Chris. Oh, it's not probably even in the top three. Um, but it's just an incredibly made and crafted movie. And the cast is so, so stellar. Um, Coho, real quick, uh, timeout Boatman. Yeah, on it. And also, I haven't seen this. Also, fuck you, Boatman, you're in timeout, and uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's not a fact that uh, I am Peter Jackson of this episode and hasn't been able to see movies. Uh, people grab, give me lists really close to the thing, and I can't watch everything. There's just no way. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's one I want to see. Um, if I'm correct, Magnificent Seven is based off this, correct? Yep. I've seen both versions remake. of that. Yeah. Yeah, both. I've, I've both seen. I've seen both versions of that. I've not seen this one. Uh, it, it was very hard to access. Really, like I couldn't. I couldn't grab it. Uh, I, I don't have the criteria. Channel, subscription, I don't. So. I don't have it. Um, you didn't <laughs> offer it, so that's your own choice. Um, so it will be on my list to watch. I really do. Um, but again, and you can watch it in it, two parts because there isn't. There is a literal intermission in the movie yeah. where they stop. Hey. And so you can easily watch it in two, like hour thirty, hour forty-five. Parts. You can watch it as many parts as you want. That's true. Yeah. But like, there's a clear divide. You can just do what Zach did. Peace out. I'll be back. So, yeah. Five minutes um, last week. Yeah. So I haven't seen it. Can't really say anything. But again, I I love. Okay. I love the original Magnificent Seven. I think the the Denzel Washington Magnificent Seven is okay. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited to actually see this one because that's one that I I I really do want to watch. Um, all right, anybody on that one real quick? Uh, I'm guessing three people haven't seen it. Is that correct? I've seen it. I have not seen it. Once again, a movie that I've been wanting to yeah. see. Okay. And I, did, Sorry, I just want to say, running. like, I don't feel like this is homework. Like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But, like, oh, no, it's, I, I think it. it's totally worth it. Like, it's really, really great. Paul yeah. demanded me to watch it and then gave me a B after I, I graded it. Um, <laughs> I uh, So, yeah, I saw it um, yesterday slash today. Um, I will say not the best viewing experience because half of it, I had my you know ten month old out. He's in the hopper and he just looks so damn cute, cuter than Tashira Mufune. And uh, <laughs> so, so it wasn't paying the best of attention. And um, I think there's some shots and some moments that are real great. Um, I do think the length kind of gets to it. I feel like it could be tighter. I don't want to say movies are bad because they're long. But I feel like if they're in a length, I feel like it could could be tightened. Uh, I think you could cut like fifteen to twenty minutes out of it. That's fair. Yeah, the last <laughs> fifteen twenty minutes out of this four hour long movie. Um, <laughs> uh, the last shot is great. I think I'm I'm gonna get all the actors wrong, but who's basically the lead? Takashi Shimura is like the the head. Yeah, I think he's pretty um, stunning in it. Um, he's definitely you know a little more centered than some of the other performances i do think you know with kurosawa and classic japanese cinema um it can be you have to get in a special you have to get used to watching it you have to, to get into that mode because it is a little heightened a little dramatic and it's like heightened and slower at the same time um so i i think i'm still figuring out the right eyes to view these movies for so i think with more experience i'll find new appreciation but right now um i can appreciate it more than you know love it all right, Bar, close it out. All right, uh, this was an obvious pick for me. Uh, it's <clears throat> the perfect <laughs> knives out. Yeah, um, it, it is the perfect ensemble film. 
it only follows 12 men and they're angry. It's 12 angry men. Um, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I know. Um, this is a move. This is like one of the very few movies where each and every single character has a defined character. And they're all rich in their characteristic. Uh, you, we, talk, we talked about the heat in Do the Right Thing. Uh, the heat in this movie you can also feel because if you if you ever pay attention, all of the jurors sweat differently. Um, that's how detailed... Yeah. No, Some Sydney, of them, not Sydney, at all. Exactly, exactly. Sidney Lumet, uh, when he was directing this film like specifically had like an amount of sweat that he wanted each person to have. That's how defined these characters are. And you get to really dive into all of them uh, as this movie goes on. It starts out as their number eight movie, but then each juror has something to add to this story. And it's just a marvel of a script. The acting is fantastic. The direction is fantastic. It is a perfect movie in my opinion. Kohu had it, right? Yeah, I did. This was my five. Uh, This is a great movie. The only reason why it was as low as it was is because I've only seen it once. Um, But that one time watching it left such a big impression on me that it it is a movie that I couldn't not include on this list. Um, Yeah. I don't have to say much more about the movie. I think Bar kind of hit everything I would have said. 12 Angry Men. I've said it before. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I've helped do the stage production of the show. Um, I think it is. I think it's brilliant. Um, everything that goes into it. Um, yeah, there's not much more I can say about it. I, I think it is. I think it is a perfect movie. Um, so, no doubt. Um, I can. It's the twelve people, but like the main argument, like of you know, main character. I can get that viewpoint of it, but it's still. It's everybody coming together. They're all on screen together. <laughs> like you can't break. They're there, so uh, and they all have something to do. Um, not all of them. Uh, some do very little. No, they're easy to swing and be like, "We're good." Um, so yeah, uh, I love this. Uh, three people didn't have it. Why not? Semantics. I mean, like for me, I had to draw the line somewhere. I think that Henry Fonda is kind of the center of the story. Um, screen time is not really how I think about. Ensemble versus non-ensemble, I guess, and the movie is structured around him. And I really, like, again, it's a movie I've talked about before. I will talk about again. I figured someone else would have on their list. Um, it's, I mean, it's a perfect movie, you know? Um, Sidney Lumet's second best movie, and it's it's great. Uh, I've been told that I need to go see this as a lover of courtroom dramas, so, yeah. I think you'd love it. Like, really love yeah. it. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen this. Yeah, I, I really like 12 Angry Men. Um, I haven't seen it since college, so like 10 years ago-ish. I was kind of scarred because after watching it, I tried to um, make a parody of it for a filmmaking class, and then like seven of the, the people didn't even show up, so we had to cut to like five angry people. <laughs> uh, it was a shit show. We had no script. We were trying to make it up as we go, and I had like a fucking meltdown and realized why well, I can never like be in the film business. Um, so I haven't watched it because it brings back those dark days. All right, guys. I think this is the longest episode of Euro Sucks. I don't think it's even close. I brought through, I said five-person panel. I looked at the three people before. I said, I have Paul. I have Zach. I need you to be quick. 
they don't understand what the word quick means besides coho. So <laughs> I one. probably won't do that again. Uh, Bar, you literally go, this movie <laughs> is so good. You draw everything out by five seconds. And Brooklyn gives me the entire IMDb cast list every I drank to half the uh, list. You drank to him. You didn't talk, but your movies were <laughs> pages. It was about the length of the script of Knives Out. Okay. Um, you mean the most perfect movie of the 21st century? Shut your mouth. Combined list. Here it is. <laughs> Go to sleep. I'm Tend dying, the okay? Tin the Muppets. Dying. I don't know which one. I'm guessing it's going to be Zach's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nine, Seven Samurai. Eight, Knives Out. Oh, how is... Seven, Fellowship... Huh? Interesting. No, how is the right thing not higher? I thought it's on three of our lists and it was in the top yeah, five. Yeah, that's problems. what I was thinking. Which one? Do, the, Do the, right the right thing. thing. It was in the top five, four for three like of us. Solo power putting knives out. Of we have we have a scoring system. We have a scoring system. Okay. Okay. Uh, eight knives out. Seven fellowship of the ring. Six the princess bride. Five inglorious bastards. Four do the right thing. Three dazed and confused. Two angry men and one the Godfather. They all tie in the scoring system, and then we have to rank them as as followed. Um, okay, so winner of this list of your list sucks goes to Polyama. Polyama gets so. a um, a B minus, I think. Yeah, B minus. I don't like. There's some I haven't seen, so I can't give you full. You have Magnolia, which drops you down a little bit, but you have Slack Seventeen that brings you up. Thin Red Line, do the right thing. Haven't seen Seven Samurai, but I doubt I will hate that movie at all. Um, because I like the other two. Uh, okay, their next one is Bar. Bar gets C plus. Uh, Twelve Angry Men is your top one. I stand by. Godfather, do the right thing. Princess Bride. You may have not completed with it, but I think a lot of people. I mean, it matters how you break it down. I didn't give you your semantics. I went out based on movies, so quality on that one. Uh, following third place, I'm going to Coho. Coho had the balls to come up here and say the things. He put Clue. He put Inglorious Bastards. He put 12 Angry Men. I like The Breakfast Club. I'm sorry. Princess Bride. Yeah, the bottom sucked, but it's a it's a C at best. Next is Zach. Zach, it's a C minus because, shit, I haven't seen most of his movies. I'm going to be real honest. Uh, if we go Zach, through, 10, 8, 7, haven't finished. 6, haven't watched. 5, didn't watch. One definitely didn't see, so I've seen four of his movies. You're going to get to the bottom. Not saying your list is bad. Don't say your list sucks. It just is what it is. And the last place is Brooklyn Vale with a D plus. Wow. Um, uh, Toy Story two, uh, an Anchorman. Uh, some problems with it that I saw throughout. A uh, few good men. Cliche ones, maybe I don't know. Just didn't hit me with all the same. So nothing personal. This whole overall list, not the greatest. I will be honest with you. It's everybody could be moved up by one letter grade on the given day. Um, I'm gonna make this short and sweet because gosh, I don't think anybody else is watching. Um, um, the next week's topic is overrated 80s. I have a weird thing. This could be pushed back. This could be pushed off the schedule. I don't know. It's hard to judge them for myself to consider 80s because I was not alive when the 80s were around. All these would be subjective of me watching it, so it's hard to determine what's overrated right now unless I have a co-host. So if a co-host does not present themselves within the next week, I am scrapping this idea for a later time. Um, 
space movies is next so space movies would move up in that spot if it was so if you like space movies at all please do me a favor send me your list as soon as you possibly can it could literally be a one through 20 if i could at least get a breakdown of what i'm gonna have to go watch so i don't want to i didn't like this episode as much because i had to keep saying the same thing as i didn't see it i don't want those episodes i like to watch and understand why you like film um and then the next one is war movies again we get slated war movies would be moved up again anything counts as a war movies you can do please don't put infinity wars your number one i might have a problem with you i really will i want this to be more of like civil war number war. One. i want this to be like a war so um not a comic i want no comic book movies so both these movies uh space movies is no star trek no star wars none of those same thing with war try to no comic book movies if you can please do no comic book movies that'd be great and then me and coho will have the month of may probably out after coho sleeps so um we'll come up with a full list um we have an idea also i'm doing two things one during quarantine time i think it's a perfect time to do uh some pre-taped episodes that i want to do for later on in the year i'm going to do two versions of the top 100 uh top 100 is going to be one live for the summer it's going to be live i need four people that are committed to be on every week of the summer of that wednesday and we will do it live and do breakdown. Again, I don't know where everybody's life is going to be after the quarantine. I completely understand that. If you can commit, awesome. If you can't, don't. Don't don't do three episodes and can't do the rest. And then I'm looking for four people to do the top 100 for our winter break that we are going to put on. But I want to do another topic of people's actual top 100s of those also. And we'll pre-record that probably during this time because it's the perfect time. No one's going anywhere. I have a few people. But if you have an idea, if you have a list, please send it to me private it after you send it to me screenshot it private it on your letterbox because the whole thing about the show is i want it to be a surprise to people what your list is i don't want people to go access it so if you can please do that that'd be great send me a list have a great night we're out well i'm funny how i mean funny like i'm a clown i amuse you God. Eat shit. How's that? Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. You can't handle the truth.